Eleven o'clock comics, episode sixty-one. <laughs> Delayed reaction on the woohoo. Really? I can't. I can't. Okay. I can't wait till we get. I can't wait till we get to episode sixty-nine. Oh, that is not going to be a woohoo. That is so <laughs> not going to be a woohoo. Oh yeah. That's going to be. That's going to be easy. You made me snort. <laughs> <laughs> Jason sounds like one of the residents when you said that. Say it, say it again. <laughs> you do. Like it's like it's like the Yoda massage parlor. Yeah. I, do, I do voices for my kids all the time. Or, like, or the, oh, big finish! You must do. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> or that dwarf that Snow White was chowing down. Oh lord, <laughs> we, we won't go there. Yeah, it's, it's not a video cast. Yeah. Oh. Hey everybody, it's 11 o'clock comics. Yes, it is. I'm a really, really hungry Vince B. <laughs> Vince sounds like he's in that happy place. It's like, I am. Oh. I'm, I'm Christopher Neesman, and I'm also in a happy place. Uh, I'm David Price, and I am uh, done with my hard day, and I just chill with my buddies. Chillin'. And uh, and I'm Alfred Thaddeus Crane Pennyworth, and I want to slap the taste out of Damien's mouth. <laughs> oh boy, I did read that, so we can. Oh, we maybe talk. we can talk about that. Yeah, and you, but you're not. You're not Pennyworth. You're much less distinguished than that man. You <laughs> are Jason Badass Wood. Woo. For real. Sorry, got to keep it real. For yeah. real. That's who you are. You can go now, Wood. <laughs> And this is what we like to call 11 O'Clock Comics, sponsored by DCBS, Discount Comic Book Service. Hop on over to DCBService.com, get your books at a whack discount, more than you'll find anywhere. <laughs> Image, Dark Horse, Marvel, DC, up to 40% off. Independence, eh, it varies, but really healthy, healthy discounts. Pack the books great, ship them out. Promptly, you get them whenever you want them by a uniformed man who delivers them right to your door. How about that? You don't even have to leave. DCBService.com. I'll polish this. Don't worry, David. <laughs> He's hey, bust- me. That wasn't bu- me. Who was that? Was that Chris? I think it was Chris. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's busting my pitch. Hey, I'm new at this. <laughs> He's, well, Chris has had like 240 to get it right. So I know. You know what I noticed waiting, that they we're do? We're waiting for the trade. It's never been easier. InStockTrades.com is your source. For not. Oh, they get, a bo- they get a bonus this time. But I, I noticed what they did was Sal would do the pitch every episode and, and do it live. And then after a while, I could just imagine Sal said, fuck it. And he recorded it, and they just patched it in. Fuck it. Yeah, but I like doing okay. it real. Because it's immediate. It's, it's like I, always, I said, it's real. It's now. It's in the moment. Yeah. By the way, Chris, I don't care what the hell Sal says. You've been playing kick-ass music on Around Comics intros lately. Thank you. Thank you. Some I of my favorite it. musicians that's, of all time. So good job. That's pretty Very neat. Nice. We should, we should do that here. Oh wait. Yeah. Oh wait. You should, you should actually. You should get props. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> no. It's, oh, there's no copyright on on in in uh, creativeness. Chris is a creative dude. I'm nothing. I'm nothing like the audio genius that is you. Oh please, but, let's get. Let, but, don't, 
but I do like to drink more. So we should yes. probably move on to true, the true. to the to the drink roll call. Very uh, smooth. Yes. Mm. <clears throat> like um, Mr. Mr. Price. Um, <laughs> go ahead and uh, and hit us with uh, with your beverage. Uh, I, I did not have a chance to do what I wanted to do, and uh, I just grabbed a big old glass and threw uh, some OJ and some leftover champagne in it. So I'm drinking a mimosa. Oh, an evening mimosa. Very nice. I thought that uh, was what fat Hawaiian ladies wear. That's a moo moo. Oh, it's a moo moo. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Speaking of uh, fat Hawaiian ladies, Mr. Mr. B, what are you drinking? <laughs> I, shut up you, I am drinking uh, something I like to call an Orin, also known as an Arthur Curry. Okay. <laughs> it's called water. Yeah. Nice. Drinking, Look at you. You drinking fit, water. fit bastard, you. Uh, I've been, build. I have been busting my ass. I've been busting my ass. I'm, I'm going to do it this time. Going to do it. Nice. You, nice. you both, Good. brother. What yeah. are you? Are you sipping? Are you? Are you sipping on the water as well? Uh, I have seltzer water with uh, some orange slices in it. Oh man, you're wow. slipping. You don't have the Perrier. What's up? <laughs> I don't like you Perrier. Guys, you guys. You guys see. are. You're you're hardcore. You're really crimping the style of the show. Yeah, harsh and umbrella. I know. I know. Uh, I very hard that live for this episode. Sam drinking was, something. But yes, I mean, but we are, we are adding content though. Yes. Well, See, we're we're taking the drink content away, but we're we're adding the how much fat can these guys? Well, not in Jason's case, but in my case, how much fat can these guys lose in a certain amount of time? See, it's like an ongoing that fanboy thing. stereotype. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I'm overweight, but I'm gonna lose I, it. I'm I'm not I, like Joe Blubber, but I'm I'm pretty pretty hefty. I would dude. like I would like you to start lying during the drink roll call. Okay. Just just, right. have, just have something on hand, even if You'll you're drinking that. water. Come on, you know. This okay. Is, I can the, do that. The, the listeners no expect you know right. quality here. That's right, right now. Get, get I'm shooting up. I got the heroin thing right in my arm as we're doing the show. I see God. I okay. for dinner. That guy. Yes, there you, and smoking that rock stuff, that crack thing. That's what you're the doing. dragon. Nice. All right, I'm. Uh, I am drinking because we we ran out of bourbon tonight, which really sucks um, in our house. Uh, so I'm drinking vanilla Stoli and uh, RC. I love Ooh, vanilla cool. Stoli. Mm-hmm. I never had it, but it sounds very tasty. So good. There so, you go. Did you tasty. know that we got a shout out, and it came really? from one? Of, yes, a, a very unex. We did a very unexpected place, a comic shop in West West Pittston, Pennsylvania, called okay. Max's Saturdays. Damn, I'd uh, hate to anybody who lived there to have a lisp. Yes. You're right. Um, Mike <laughs> buys his books there, and uh, the subject. Yes, the subject came up, and Dan, who I guess either works there or is a a patron, I think he works there, said, "Oh, we listen to those guys." So there you go. Sweet. Shout out to, to Max's Saturdays in Rock Max Saturdays times. in West Pittston. Cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. You're, you know, thank you for listening. You're nutty, but thank you. <laughs> I have no idea where you live, but that's cool. Pennsylvania. <laughs> Northeastern, as in up by the tip, the real sensitive area, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jackass. Yep. Uh. And so how about this? I know I talked about it on the forum, but I am so impressed 
with this man's foresight that I just want to spread it out on the podcast. I picked up the Transformers Volume 1, Season 1, DVD collection, Tuesday at Best Buy. Nestled inside was a flyer for Transformers graphic novels. And where can you get them? IDW. It's the same, almost the same size as the DVD case, slipped right in there. Chris Reel, that is brilliant. I mean, and it doesn't take a whole lot of brain power to come up with that idea, but he did it, uh, unlike... A publisher should uh, act on it. Yeah, uh, unlike other publishers we know. So kudos to IDW. Get that, get that out there. Spread it around. It, probably if 1% of all the people that buy this Transformers thing check them out, you never know. More traffic. It's a way to nice. do it. Wait, hold on. What, what other publishers? Marvel. DC. Uh, no, Marvel. Yeah, okay. No, 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 no. Now, hold on. They, they've they actually done some of that stuff. Uh, I've got the... the oh, the Punisher. The first, the first Punisher uh, movie came with a uh, with a mini comic book. Not not the first Dolph Lundgren, the Thomas Jane Punisher. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, that really? With, it, uh, with a, uh, uh, Enos uh, Palmiotti, uh, Dylan and Palmiotti. Uh, okay, what was in Iron Man, which which a lot more people bought? Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, I was to say the, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, but, right. but so, um, the X Men, well, uh, X Three, yes, had, yes. had a, a Stan oh, Lee original X Men comic book, and then Sin City, the deluxe yes. version, had a like a it was a really cool digest um, size uh, Sin City trade paperback. Which was hmm. awesome. So yeah, it's not the only time it's been there. No, I never. I, I I'm not an. I'm not Mister Absolute. I was just giving Mister Real a pat on the back because right. I yeah. think and, and, and deservedly so. Yeah, and, Chris, and maybe a little Chris reach is, around too because the Transformers uh, comics are good. Yeah, and Chris Chris is an awesome guy and he loves comics and what is um he actually was comics on com or comics one hundred and one. What is the the project? Yeah, he's. he's his book, him. yeah, I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're right. It is Comics 101, and it's a uh, he's doing it with someone else, right? It's yeah. not just Chris Real; it's somebody else too. Is he keeping it real? Yeah, that's the name of his is blog. It, is, it, is, it, is it real? Is it really? Or, yeah, or, real time or, or yeah, real time. I think. No, it's it real. real. I thought it was Ryle too, but the, yeah, the, right. the the title of his blog would lend you to believe it's real because I think it's called Real Time. Get it? Re, but uh, they spell it. Yeah. So there you go. Very cute. Uh, and, speaking and, of... Wait, oh, while we're on the subject, yep, just give yep. me two seconds. Jason was talking about how IDW made Chuckles badass in uh, yes. Cobra. They just did the same thing to Cliff Jumper of all people, in uh, Transformer Spotlight. I bought it today. Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't read it yet. I paged through it, but Cliff Jumper is badass. A so, <laughs> little bit of continuity. Okay, Dave, okay, what were you going to say? Uh... Speaking of someone else who loves comics, uh, this is a little. This is somewhat of a uh, of a press release by our personal friend Pat Loika. I uh, love Pat. The how awesome could you not? Yes. Uh, and I don't know if if anybody is is familiar with this anthology, but because the email says after a lengthy delay, Outlaw Territory is finally shipping. On June 24th, from Image Comics, Outlaw features a story written by Pat Loika and illustrated by Jose Holder, who's from uh, Marvel's Assistant Size Spectacular. The book also features stories by Joe Kelly, Joshua Ortega, Joshua Hale, Fekhoff, Stephen Grant, Wow, Ivan Brandon, Fred Van Lanty, Greg Pak, with art by the likes of Andy McDonald, 
Koi Fam, Trevor Goring, Christopher Mitten, Dean Motter, uh, Max Fiermara, uh, Ming Doyle, Moritat, and many, many more. Uh, check it out at Outlaw Territory Anthology dot blogspot.com for more preview art we're debuting this at heroes con which is this weekend nice. and you can pick up copies at uh ot editor michael wood's table sp838 That's my cousin and uh and and uh, <laughs> let's see as most of you know this is my first published work with one of the major <laughs> publishers helleton image book something i'm very proud of i'd appreciate you guys spreading the word about the book so that's what we're doing Sweet. Way to go, Pat. Yeah. Moritat. Yeah. 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 Oh, hey, man. In modern. Steve, what's our Steven, with that? Yeah. Stephen Grant, too, whose column I have you a hard know? time reading all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm like, you go, Steve, you go. And then there are times I'm like, what the hell are you smoking? <laughs> you know? I know. Believe <laughs> me, Ben. A lot of people have that same reaction whenever they listen to us. Hey, oh. Yeah, specifically, Mr. John Suntress, who. I know. Oh. <laughs> don't don't let your jaws hit the table. John Suntress called in this episode. Really? He, yes. He called he in. Us. Obviously, now, he... it's a response to something I said because John loves to butt heads. Chris, well, not Vince gets blamed for it. It doesn't matter. Even shit. Even shit. Vince doesn't. Oh, I can't believe you did Strangers in Paradise. I, I didn't. What the hell? This I is know. like I didn't. Oh man, well, I, that's okay. I I don't. Mind. I know. But, well, um, well, Vince. Let's just say that the listeners are getting um, um, an interesting look. That they are privy to the conversations that I have with John about once a week. Whenever he calls me, to say, <laughs> what the fuck was Vince talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> All right, eleven o'clock comics. I can't believe I'm actually calling in. It's bad enough that I have first shaken my fist at you people while listening with my MP3, then participating in your forums, but now I'm actually calling. It's John Suntress from Word Balloon. Uh, Vince, Cerebus, the pen- penultimate volume 15. I hate that word, penultimate. Anyway, um, I can appreciate your frustration with the book. I would point out, and as someone who appreciates art, that uh, you would have to regard Dave Sims as an artist. And I'm sure you would agree, because I know you have a lot of respect for his uh, drawing ability and storytelling. Uh, all I can say is that a lot of times uh, the artist pours themselves, their very soul, into their art. And Volume 15 of Cerebus is a clear example of that. It's his dark period. It's his confused period. And yes, he did make uh, people suffer with those issues. And it's fair for you not to like it. However... To suggest that he should have done this, as it sounds like, given the tone of your uh, your complaints, it is what it is. That's like saying Revolution Number Nine shouldn't be on the Beatles' White Album. It's an annoying mantra that goes on and on of just Number Nine, Number Nine, and obviously you felt that way about Volume Fifteen. Again, I I feel bad, and as you say, I remember too that people being very frustrated during this portion of service. But it is what it is. So. You can warn people not to read it. You cannot like it. But to say that Dave Sims should have done it a different way, I, I, I'd rethink that thought and, and maybe just stick with the fact that you didn't like it, which is fine. But as always, it keeps me listening. It keeps me smiling. You guys crack me up. And uh, take care. Looking forward to seeing everybody when you come to the Windy City Convention. Hey, Chris, when is that? Here's an opportunity to plug. Later. <laughs>
you know, maybe we should get him brain age for the DS, and maybe he can understand oh. it for a couple months. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm, I'm kidding, John. I, I love you. I know it's not on. All it's those, off. All those it's been off. With, uh, all those back and forths with Bendis, I guess, have kind of mellowed him out a bit. No, John's wicked smart. We're, he we is. Just, yes, our radios are just tuned to different stations, which is okay. Well, he's, he's drinking that Chicago water. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, we've, we've become good buddies, and our our radio stations are a fucking AM FM. So, you know, <laughs> but yeah, but not so much as they were initially. I know. See, I, yeah. yeah. Why you got to bring up the truth? It's better when, oh, we, when we have people thinking. I'm all that about we're, the truth. Uh, the truth. Up, you know I, mean? I podcast symbolically now, not literally. I am naked. Oh. I am who I am. <laughs> You'll not know. No pretense. It's, it's just. Well, hey, yeah. What's everybody been reading? Yeah, because then you'd be ah, all nice. blushing. Look at that. Thank so you, David. Big. Um, let's talk about Batman and Robin number one, because that uh, thing was friggin' incredible. Yeah, that's that's only been out for a month and a half now. So? Dude, you talked about it on this week's episode of AC. And, and by the time some of our listeners listen to this, it'll be in trade. Don't worry about it. Chris is just trying to be sly. He doesn't want to talk about it, because he just talked about it on his other show. And, oh, oh, oh. Uh, right, I'll, I'll keep it brief. Oh, are you gonna, what are you going to do? I Go just want to say, because I just... I mentioned trade and it triggered this memory. Apparently, the first irredeemable trade is only going to be ten bucks, and issue number five is going to be ninety nine cents. That's all right. Carry on. Carry on. That, that is sweet. I'll I'll do bullet points. Okay. Loved the nod to Batman Beyond in the new Batmobile. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Word I think truth. the MVP of this issue should definitely go to Alex Sinclair. I don't think I've ever seen colors so jarring. But that worked as well as these. And and there's no smooth transitions. They're hard edge colors. It's like boom, here's a brown, boom, here's a gray, here's a green. But it's it's just it just works really well. And uh especially if you look at some of the, the skies, like the clouds, you don't see coloring like that in your average book. Really sharp. It's beautiful. I, I, yes, it was. I liked it a lot. I, I like the way that Morrison, I, it, it appears to me that he held back a little bit. It's not meta-heavy Morrison. It's just, yep. I'm going to drop my pants and have some fun. It's the good Morrison. Yeah. And I really appreciated the role reversal that's going on. Damien's in the role of Bruce now because it is his father, as we've been told, what, about 150 billion times in this book? Well, he is my father. You're not my father, you know? And Dick is the more uh, touchy-feely of the two, if that, you know, if you can go there. But I liked it a lot. What did you guys think? No, it's um, it was probably the, the funnest Batman comic I've read in about a year and a half, as far as just like, yeah, this is a off-the-rails fun superhero action adventure uh, book that it's it's got uh, bizarre twisted villains it had great character moments um, it, it it showed me once again that Morrison is a great writer if he can stay out of his way um, whenever you and especially whenever you pair him up with an amazing storyteller like Frank quietly that that is just it, it is an all-star quote-unquote team, and I I, it, I kept feeling over and over as I was reading this book, it's like, man, this is all-star Batman and Robin. Not to take anything away from the from the Miller and, and Lee book, which is different by a lot of accounts, but it's like, yeah, this this really is all-star Batman and Robin. And, uh, yeah, I you know, I 
we talked ad nauseum about it on AC, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, it it was it was an exciting book to read, and it was beautiful, and it was a fun story. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. Great character moments, great art, great plot. Yeah, it's uh, good comics. Yep, and I'm getting not in terms of content or style, but feeling. I, I'm getting a very strong brand new day vibe from this, in as much as. The Civil War Spider-Man, the amazing, and then the Back in Black stuff was was so downbeat and so depressing and mm-hmm. bleak. And R.I.P. was not, you know, a ray of sunshine. Batman R.I.P. So this, to me, uh, is kind of like Brand New Day. How they turned it around, made the stories fun, and not 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 fluffy, but there, I mean, there's enough content here, and and there's there's some metatextual stuff, but there's enough content here to please most people and it's just enjoyable without the doom and the gloom of of you know the title character dying in quotes or like i said spider-man being hounded by his once friends and and just aunt may getting all shot up and you know what i mean so it's like we've passed through the membrane Woo, here we are happy town i like it uh, you know it's kind of like cap in that i'm you know, unfortunately, you know that you know that Bruce is going to come back. You know, it's and once it's good stories are good stories, but um, I want to see Dick Grayson as Batman for a good long while and mm-hmm. have them explore that and and tell fun and interesting stories. There's a lot to explore there. We've got what, seventy years or more of, of telling Batman stories with, with Bruce as Batman. How many times do we have to see the the Thomas and Martha Wayne murder and 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 relive that in comics where here we have something completely different to explore and and tell new stories from a different perspective and I'm totally on board and and okay with that. And you know it's um I, I don't want to segue too hard into what was going on over at the House of Ideas this week, but yeah, my first reaction was like, no, I don't want to see Steve Rogers back. I want to see Bucky stay as Captain America. I want to explore that a little bit more. And I hope that DC kind of stays with the Dick Grayson Batman for, for a while. I want to see how he and Damien can mature as characters and, and really become you know, the dynamic duo for, for a new generation. Shit, you know, bring Bruce back eventually. You know, they will, but I want to see these characters get explored a little bit. Right. Now, speaking of Cap, what, what do you think of that whole uh, ordeal? Was it a, a flame or was it a fizzle? Because yeah. I heard I heard stuff from the local shop that, yes, he did sell more than he usually sells, but nowhere near what he thought he was going to sell. Mm-hmm. What do you Have think? you read it yet? I haven't read it yet, so... Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I've I've read, read it. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it was not so much. Well, <laughs> what I, what I thought was funny is that I, I don't know about you guys, but what if a comic shop is going to be closed one day during the week? What day is it? Monday. Yeah. yeah. So when do they release this? On the day that if a comic shop is going to be closed, it's going to be closed on Monday. And I, I didn't. I didn't even bother talking to to my comic shop to see if he was going to be open on Monday. I couldn't mm-hmm. give two shits. So yeah, yeah I thought yeah. it was interesting that they released it on Monday. But honestly, I still haven't been to the shop this week, so I I haven't read it. 
but you know, I don't know. It it seems like the it seems like it's a little too soon. So well, well yeah, I, that, I won't I, I won't give anything away. It was very well written because it's Brubaker, but mm-hmm. I think it's much ado about nothing, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I I know a lot of people are up in arms about it being too soon. I mean, I I say in Brubaker, I trust in that regard because I mean, he's you know, people were up in arms that he would dare to bring Bucky back, and that worked. And people couldn't fathom that Bucky could actually be Cap, and that's worked. And so. You know, this has been part, at least unless Marvel's completely lying to us, you know, unless Brubaker's, you know, being paid a lot of money by Marvel to lie to us, you know, this has all been part of his plan for a long time. So I'm curious to see where it goes. I mean, I'm I'm not sure. Now, I have not read this issue yet, but I'm not sure that we're, we should assume that Steve Rogers is coming back to be Captain America. I, th- I think Steve Rogers is coming back, but maybe not as Cap. So, yeah. but either way, I mean, you know, this is, Brubaker seems to have a, a vision in mind, and it's easily been one of the most consistent best books that the House of Ideas has put out, so I'm all for that. I, I will say, uh, from what I've heard from from LCS owners, it seems like you know certainly this could have could have been handled better. Um, you know, I found out today um, that uh, that LCS owners had to actually, to, if they wanted the book on Monday, they actually had to out of their own pocket pay for two day express delivery. <laughs> so, Fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and and Brian Hibbs said uh, the 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 owner of a uh, comic experience in San Francisco that writes a column, you know, tilting at windmills. He said that by his analysis, you had to be able to sell uh, at least a, a caseload of the book, which is a hundred copies for it to make you any money. If you did the two day uh, express delivery on your, on your own dime. So, I mean, you know, from that regard, that makes, that makes it pretty much uneconomical for most LCS shops. And I know I've heard a, a couple of people I know that, that their stores didn't bother to, to order it for Monday. So, you know, it, it probably is much to do about nothing in this in this case in terms of it being a help to the to the local stores, but um, you know, we'll see. I mean, as as far as what it means in terms of the story, I'm 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 in, I'm excited. I I definitely give it the benefit of the doubt, you know. Let's let's see what Reborn's all about and and then go from there. Yep. And yeah. it, you know, seeds are planted. Let's just put it that way. But yeah. very interesting title on um the the miniseries Reborn, I don't think it has anything to do... A lot of people are assuming that they titled it that as a swipe at the other guys. But you remember the project that Cap was originally involved in. It was, it was Wasn't it Project Reborn? The project Reborn or Rebirth? Rebirth, I think, right? Was it Rebirth? I hmn. thought so. Okay, well, then I'm and then, and then But see, then, then that's okay, then, and in my eyes, because if they went with Rebirth, then people would really be thinking Flash. that they're yeah, ripping they're them off. Flash, Green Lantern, right. I mean, so right. the only thing that's missing from that is John's not writing it. Right, because I was reading uh, America's Greatest Heroes. No, is it America's? Earth's Mightiest Heroes, that Avengers, Scott Collins, Joe Kelly, Joe sure. Casey thing. And uh, they mentioned the, the uh, Operation rebirth in there which if anybody hasn't read that series jesus is that thing gorgeous hmm. scott collins th- that guy is just all kinds of incredible and really? uh it, it yeah, oh my god it, it's more like his flash stuff he he seems to have loosened up over time now i mean i, I like uh, i like his flash stuff but other stuff i've seen of his is is hit or miss um, I don't here. think he's. Yeah. Been, I, I don't think he's been better than he has uh, whenever he was on Flash, which I really agree completely. Yeah. Wow. No kidding. I, yeah. It's Joe Casey, by the way. I always get Joe Kelly and Joe Casey. I switch them up. But well, they are both uh, no, men of action. They are. 
But the, no, there's um the interior of the Avengers Mansion. All the rooms are detailed out the max. Like they show a a shot of Steve Rogers in his in his uh, room because it's right after the uh, they find him encased in ice, and he's got this really ornate bed and all this Victorian furniture, and it's like all rendered to. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And I, uh, Maury Hollowell, I think, did some of the colors, so it looks no. smoking hot. So, yeah, I, I don't know. David, what do you think about this uh, Captain America thing? Oh, about Batman and Rob? Oh. <laughs> oh do you, you want to backpedal? We can backpedal. Just, uh, well, it's no, you know, I, I, th- I think it's interesting that there are two icons that are leaving the map and kind of coming back. And Captain America and Batman are very comparable characters across those two universes, as illustrated in the JLA Avengers. Right. Discuss. That's uh, yeah. You're right. Which which <laughs> led me, into uh, Trinity? Uh, yes, the egg, Cronus. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cronus. The I liked Batman and Robin because it reminded me of the uh, old Doug Munch, Don Newton, Alfred Alcala Detective Comics run uh, with with the whole penthouse and 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 uh, the Wayne Building and the Batcave under there instead of Wayne Manor and and the desiccated T Rex. See that? Yeah. It's all bony uh, and beat the uh, shit. I, you know, I obviously I don't know what to think about a Batman comic because Renee hasn't read it yet. But the the thing is, it's obviously I, I just got a thing right now with 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 kids and and whiny spoiled brats pissing me off. Whether it's Superboy Prime or Damien, <laughs> and I know we're not supposed to like either of them, and we hope that that. Uh, that Damien gets his ass kicked, so maybe we can feel sympathetic towards him later. But it's, um, you know, you, you definitely know that he is cut from a different cloth because it's my father. Never mind that he has an adoptive brother, but it's my father. I promised my father I'd finish his fight or I'd fix this. Or, you know, we know whose blood is in this boy and 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 how he he uh, he treats and uh, and calls on Alfred and. Uh, and and his interaction with Dick, which which has its moments, and I like how Dick is. Uh, yeah, I, I like how I like how Batman treats this Robin and uh, and takes his time with him. With with that, me, that was he had the luxury of the same thing. Yes, he, he yeah he can he can you know he's he's learning from his experience and who his tutor was, and I enjoyed the whole line about how you know when he was Nightwing. He figured, you know, well, this is his way of not having to be Batman, but in the back of his mind, he always knew that the day would come where he would be, so there was really no reason to fight it, even though there was a three-issue series called Battle for the Cow, which made no sense. So the the, the whole... He talks really quick I've, when he wants to, doesn't he? I've, I've, what <laughs> Whenever I've, he insults something, he gets really fast. Really fast? Um, the thing I've realized, and, and this, this is a connection that doesn't go into um, anything else we've talked about so far... This this dawned on me with well no it didn't dawn on me with this issue but the reason why I don't think I've I love this with with open arms is when Morrison for DC and Miller at Marvel when I read the stories they they're, they're writing they're telling I don't read them as being in continuity this is a cool Batman story but it doesn't feel like it's happening in the DCU. And the same thing with Miller's Fantastic Four or Marvel Knight's Spider-Man. Morrison, when Morrison was writing Final Crisis, it didn't feel, and never mind the crisis title of it, but it just felt like Morrison playing with some of DC's 
big characters and playing with their toys. It didn't feel like this was something, to me, it didn't feel like this was something that was groundbreaking or, or meant to shake the very foundation of the DC universe. This was just a story he right. was telling that featured these characters. And, and it's hard for me. And yeah, I, I love capes. I love cows. I love continuity. I'm not going to apologize for it. It's what draws me to comics. And for me to read this story, it's a first issue. It's a new Batman, new Robin, new status quo. Like Vince said with the whole brand new day thing. And it, it just, it doesn't really feel like this fits into the rest of the DC and that's fine. You know, I mean, this way it can be its own thing, just like Spidey for the first year, you know, we saw Dr. Strange and Wolverine from the Avengers, but Spidey didn't really interact with too many people in his own title, Daredevil. But, you know, if, if they want to establish this, they're going to take the time to do that. But, but the way Miller writes the characters or writes the stories, it just doesn't feel like it's part of maybe a, a bigger picture. And that doesn't, that's no, that, that shouldn't, have any weight on whether or not this was a good comic book because it really was i i I thought the characters thought toad was pretty funny pig is you know i'm i'm interested to see where where it goes with him but i'm i'm more into this right now for uh for the two main characters so i'm Hmm. i'm I'm gonna see where it goes yeah see the the disconnected feeling that's a big plus for me that's cool because the the ambiguity of it and just you, you know you're spun around and you're a little bit disoriented. You don't know what's going on. Just I like, like the characters. That. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay. And uh, you know, you know me. Uh, I could care less about. Couldn't. Sorry, care less about continuity as long as the story is really good. Right. And, and this this seems to be starting very nicely. I want to know why Tim Drake is getting kicked to death by hairy-legged schoolgirls <laughs> or whatever looks like that. Why is there a twelve? On a domino, that there's no such number on a domino, right? No, Dominoes no. don't go up that high. So like, there, there's 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 mysteries to this. The character designs are smoking. This pig dude, uh, it immediately just made me think a hostile. So he's, I got the creepy vibe from him already. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I don't know what his intentions are, but he visually, he's a pretty stunning character. I mean, just very icky to look at. And Toad, you can't go wrong with toads. Toads and frogs. They're so visually appealing, and, and you got this this slimy, smarmy toad in the beginning, and he just eludes Batman. I like it. I, I'm jonesing on it, as as uh, our buddy uh, Julian would say, it's the fire. It's fire. <laughs> Magma. I, That's I, right. I don't know if I'd call it a perfect comic, but it was it was uh, it was really 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 good. Yeah, it, it was, was perfect for two ninety nine. I call it that. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. 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 Hey, it's Stuart. I just wanted to tell Vince I'm right there with him on the whole Cerebus discussion. Every single point he made, I was right. And, yeah, it was, that was such a hard period to get through. So it was like an an endurance test to see, okay, you think you can read 300 issues of this? See if you can get through this, all right? If you can get through this, I'll give you the payoff, but... Just wait. Slog, slog, slog. All right. That's it. Uh, enjoy the talk. Enjoy the episode. As always, bye. What else we nice. got? Spin the table. Yeah, see, uh, well, Wood mentioned Magma, and she's in the New Mutants. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Have you guys uh, the, read that I got, the, I got the first issue, and it was, it was all right. All right. It's read, better did, than did, me. Did, did, you, okay. did you read the second one yet? No. Nah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, 
Well, Chris, you haven't read the second issue yet, but I was talking to David uh, earlier this week, and I didn't get the vibe from the artist. His name is uh, Diogenes Nieves. I didn't get the vibe in the first issue so much, but in the second issue, um, I, I really felt like it was he was channeling JRJR in a, in a good way. I mean, if, if I didn't know better, if someone had just told me it was a JRJR book, I, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have disputed it. It was so it worked for me. And then I looked. It was Cam Smith on inks. Um, and then I asked David if, if he agreed. And he, I guess he, you think you did, right? In the, yeah, it, I, I sense it more in the uh, in the first issue. I can see it. The second mm-hmm. issue, which which I read after you were talking about it, I, I didn't see it as much. There's definitely you can tell that there is. Uh, but I would think that, like I said, that he checked out some mutant books from, from the uh, late 80s and early 90s the uh the first issue started off it looked like he may be uh not not a tom grinberg feel but there was some uh some continuity studios feel to some of the artwork initially and then as the issue went on i i got especially when the new mutants were um when the team was getting suited up i definitely especially in cannonball i uh i saw some J.R. Jr. The um, mm-hmm. second issue, I don't know if it's if it's maybe the the coloring, but it's um, it's not as as apparent. But Cam Smith, I mean, I the, the man was great inking Gary Frank on Hulk in in the nineties. He's uh, he, he's current. He was recently inking uh, one of the inkers for Hitch on Fantastic Four. So I mean, the man knows his, his stuff, and and I think he's underrated and, and makes everybody. Um, can make anybody look good, so I, I can see where you're where you're saying the uh, mm-hmm. the the Ramita comparison comes in. Yeah, he's very capable, Cam Smith. Yeah. So does it have a Claremont feel? Uh, not in the first two issues, I don't think. Oh. And it's it, it's I don't think. And Wells is competent enough. I just there's some of it that's a little confusing, especially since when the second issue kicks off, and and it took me a minute to realize what exactly was going on because when you see when you see Shan and where she is and who she's talking to and then you see who Sam and, and Roberto are talking to and Ileana it's it and it gets just a little it it did take me a minute to, to realize what exactly was going on. But I, I was able to catch up pretty quickly and I mean you can tell by the title of the second issue and I uh I saw the cover that the um I think I saw the variant cover, so I don't know if they actually showed the uh, who the quote bad guy is for this arc. But yeah, they do. Uh, the second okay, they do. Mm-hmm. all right. But it's um, it's I'm you know I I like the team. I like these characters. I'm 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 a Sam Guthrie fan. I like uh, I I like the New Mutants. So yeah, I definitely want to see uh, see where this is going. So I'm assuming that X Infernus ended well for one of the characters. I think so. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, when it, you know, when it, whenever you title a book New Mutants and launch it as that, you have to pull on every nostalgic heartstring that is that is in the book. And mm-hmm. I think they tried to do that in the first issue, kind of set up some of that. It's just, it, it's a different X-verse than it was, you know, what, 20 years ago, whenever the New Mutants sure. launched. But mm-hmm. that's the... Uh, so what I love about X Men First Class is that, you know, I, I feel like it's like, wow, okay, this is, uh, 
you know, if I were 12 years, you know, 12, 12 years old, this is how Uncanny X-Men would be written for me today. And, and a book like New Mutants, it's, it, it's interesting to see if they're going to go back and, and pull on all of our nostalgic heartstrings or if they're going to tell new stories with that team in kind of a modern setting. And in the first issue, I, I couldn't really tell which way they were going to go. It was, you know, a lot of, you know, neat throwback moments, but I, I never really felt reconnected to those characters. And mm-hmm. honestly, since X-Force, I haven't cared about them. Sure. Well, I will say that the reveal at the end of the first issue of the villain, for me, was cool. But I realized, looking back on it, it was cool because I knew who that character was. Right. But there was, I, I would imagine certainly anyone in, in our listeners can chime in on the forums, which can be found where, Vince? www.11oclockcomics.com or if you want to go the old way, which is cool, forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Yes, but uh, if if you weren't familiar with the New Mutants from back in the day, I wonder if that reveal was like a total so what moment because... Let's be honest. The guy it does not. The villain is, does not look very imposing. So if they don't know who he is, then it, it'd be like, okay, so there's some guy in a box. I don't get it. Um, but I thought the second yeah. issue was strong. Yeah, yeah. I thought the second issue was strong. Uh, I mean, um, the villain, which I guess we're trying not to spoil. He he's a freaking badass. I mean, he's say it he's, right. up to his name. Yeah, exactly. Um, so badass, badass, badass. Um, <laughs> So yeah, one I think this fa- is- it's one of my, it's one of my favorite old school Uncanny X Men arcs from back in the early what early Claremont Burn days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, well, I'm for- a little unclear. Oh, I'm sorry, Vince. I- no, it's okay. I was just going to say, for me, I didn't buy it. I probably will get the collected edition, but there's one crucial element missing, and that's Rain. I'm assuming well, that's she's, cause she's got her own book. I know that's because she's biting Angel's wings off over at friggin' X Force. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. she talk about badass, drugged into wait, uh, what? Wait, isn't she still in X Factor? No, she's in X Force. No, she left X Factor after yeah. Messiah Complex. Which a, I'm sure you'll read about soon. Right. There's a reason why she's in X Force uh, though, because the, the storyline deals with the purifiers and her quote dear father. Old dad. Yeah, dear old dad is now a member of the purifiers. She wants revenge. Hooks up with Wolverine. Um, Jimmy, um, what's his what's his last Warpath. name? Warpath. Warpath. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and she was captured, drugged, and literally bit the wings off of Angel. Indeed, she did. Ripped his friggin' wings right off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, um, go ahead. I'm what sorry. Were, what, what were you unclear on, Jason? Uh, no, I was unclear on. Now you've I've lost my train of thought on that. Uh, Whenever you're talking about the X first, it's easy to get very unclear about him great many things yeah but it did really warm my heart to hear you comment on the book though (laughs) yeah what i was going to say was i was a little unclear where um how they all got back together in san francisco and i guess that's just from ex infernus but it it just seemed because i know that like amara had come back recently and then she was in that book and but it just seems like they're kind of all back in in, in, together Um, the one thing i wanted to say is that the one part of the first two issues that really bothered me was i thought the characterization of sam when he's talking to Cyclops, it was absurd. Because <laughs> in the first issue, he's like so timid to even talk to Cyclops. And then Cyclops says, hey, we're sending on a mission of your own. And he's like, yes, sir, thank you. I, I know I won't let you down, sir. And I'm thinking, that's ridiculous. I know Cyclops was the new leader and the boss man, but Sam has been, of all the yeah. new mutants, that was the one guy they shouldn't have had to do that because Sam has been 
a, a, a very active and extremely powerful X-Men yeah. for a long time. I mean, he he's he's to me one of the the tanks of the X-Men for years now. So, of all the new mutants, I thought like I didn't have a problem with that moment because Cyclops. They are trying to make Cyclops much more of a militant, take no prisoners guy, and and I think any number of the other new mutants who haven't been around the X-Men for a long time, like Amara or even like even like Zan or even even Roberto for, to an extent. If they had had that same scene, I would have been like, "That's pretty cool." It's showing you that they really respect Cyclops, and they're kind of scared of him because he's so, you know, serious. But Sam, he would—I just don't see him talking to him like that. I mean, they've, no, they've been colleagues for forever. Yeah, he's yeah. earned. I mean, he's definitely earned his his stripes. Yeah, yeah. O- only to know. only to bite it at the hands of that crazy bastard over in Cable. Yeah, and that's the thing. All right, ahead, all right. Price, I've been wanting to talk to you about this for a while now. Ah, oh, shit. Oh, we going bowling. <laughs> Cy- Cyclops has always kind of been a pussy. Holy oh, shit! <laughs> that's oh. part of his character. And that's, there. It's not. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but he's always been like Mister Nice. What was that? The tiki bar. <laughs> My sister's ringing. Signing off. Uh, but yeah, no. Cy- Cyclops has always kind of been the the sensitive leader, and that's it, it was. Part of the X-Men is that it was always a soap opera. It was always, you know, the romantic undertones between um, what was going on in Cyclops' life and all that. Them making him into this, you know, hard-boiled Nick Fury badass, it just does not ring true to that character for me. Oh. For he, you. He, Wait, he, 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 he's, a, he's a strategist. He is a good field leader and commander. But behind the scenes... He's he's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, a lot's happened though, and since. and he still is. And you have to, yeah. you. I I think I know where you're coming from based on when you were last, right, I guess, exactly. involved with the characters. But yeah, a lot has gone on, and a lot of of what really kind of flicked the switch when it comes to Scott happened after or or the end. Of Messiah Complex, so I mean, you, you have you have yeah. you have House of M, you have uh, you have what Whedon was doing in Astonishing X Men when I, re- I, re- I really like Whedon's. I, I okay. really like well, they, they've they've built on that, and you've had you've had Mike Carey, and you've had uh, and, and and you've had some really cool stories with this character, and then from from House of M and Endangered Species, you've had Messiah Complex, and at the end of Messiah Complex, Cyclops kind of just really has to pick up the ball and run with it and do we, things his way. Tell, because there tell, him, tell him why. Tell him why. You, you know what I mean? You say Messiah Complex. Because That's like he, talking gibberish to Chris. I, I know, well, I don't... Because uh, well, Charlie's dream didn't work. And, and they thought Charlie was dead. Right, but Charlie, Charlie, this peaceful coexistence bullshit that Charlie... Th- was was hoping right was hoping would come true has been crushed because the purifiers are systematically exterminating mutants so scott says fuck it all my kids are dying i gotta do something and that means eye for an eye you kill one of ours we will take you out and that's well, fuck it. that's we're brilliant mo- we're moving to san francisco right. I-, I think it's well i think it's important too though uh, because there's a reason for that since we're getting into this, um, it, it, I, I don't think this has been a dramatic. I could totally see where Chris is coming from. That if you if you haven't read an X book in a while and then you read it, you're like, this isn't fucking Scott. Right. But I, I actually having someone who you know has read most, if not all, the X books over the, 
I think, and you know, Dave and Vince, you can chime in if you agree with me. I think this has actually been a very natural progression for the character, um, because for exactly that reason, Scott was always the he was always the favored son. You know, he was the the son that Xavier had that always did what he asked, could always be trusted, was super responsible. He's like the good son. You know, he he never Xavier could always count on him to always be the guy that would do what he needed him to do. And then a lot of shit went down. Like it wasn't just. I think that was the, the prefrizers. Yes, but let's not forget. I mean. Literally, his entire race was destroyed. I mean, there were less than 200 of his species left. So mm-hmm. he was already on edge about that. And then when those start getting picked off left and right, it's a natural reaction for a guy like him to say, you know what, something's got to change because this idea of peaceful coexistence, it's not about that anymore. It's about maintaining the very existence of our species. You're right. So, and plus, also, we can't dismiss this, which happened with Morrison and has gone on since then. You know, he's been with Emma for a long time, and, and they really are – very much, you know, uh, uh, completely intertwined. And Emma is a fucking hardcore badass. And over from Morrison till now, she has toughened him up. She's made him a tougher, manly man. You know, she's kind of beaten that into him. So I, I think it's natural. Um, so I, I kind of like where they've taken there, There's a possibility that yeah. she's also tainted him somehow because she's been mm-hmm. in his mind more times than, right. you know. Yeah, I, I, but, I, I but still, there is I one. Still, there's I still don't accept that. That's fine, and and just like just like I didn't accept Hal going fucking crazy, and it's and it's 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 cool, but you have to, but you have to, it you haven't. I once when you do get around to catching up somewhat over the past few months at least, then you know you might be able to see why we're able to be more accepted of it. I mean, it's yeah. it's you're right, and and like Jason said, if you've been looking at it from the outside for the past few years you know you open it up now and you're like oh great but the whole the move to san francisco the the institute is 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 gone is destroyed san francisco is more acceptive of uh of the mutants and their population because i mean they're they're misfits they they look like freaks some of them so it's it's just it's easier for them i guess to blend into san francisco the mayor has opened up the doors to the mutant population um the whole thing with Roberto, where see, see, there we go. The whole thing with Roberto, and and oh and, no, he's uh, doing it again. He's yeah. doing it again. You you can mute him. <laughs> the uh, the whole thing that Roberto and and Sam, um, aside from being in a serial in Astonishing Tales, they are also uh, they were in early issues of Young X Men, and it, it it all does make sense post Messiah Complex, how all the mutants and and Manifest Destiny. And divided we stand all play a part in uh, in getting these mutants out west and and how that worked and how it was set up and and we saw Sam early on in the uh, in the Fraction Brewbaker although now it's mostly Fraction Uncanny X Men run and and uh, and even as as good a handle Fraction has on a lot of characters his Sam seemed a little off because it was a scene that took place in a bar and and. All of a sudden, Sam reverts back to this hick country bumpkin from the first issue of the first volume of New Mutants, and it was just like, <laughs> right. "What the hell? This isn't the dude that was fighting with Cable on X Force, and this yeah. isn't the dude who's who's you know who's been an X Man." So it's um, well, you could take the boy out of the South. <laughs> well, yeah. I think I, I, all of a sudden, Cannonball's like the hardest character to write in comics or something. But it's <laughs> it's 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 a cool team, and and it's. Uh, it's a throwback to those of us that do like it, and like Vince says, you know, it, it just it doesn't. It, it's like having you can't have rain not be on the New Mutants. It's like it's like not having the Trinity on the Justice League or or uh, or Captain America in the Avengers. It's just something just doesn't 
doesn't feel right. And yeah, it would be great to have the whole band back together, but Rain's got her own shit she's dealing with right now. I mean, I hell, if if I I wouldn't mind seeing Rain on it, and if if uh, it'd be cool eventually, and I'm sure there's probably going to be a crossover. No, really, but yeah. it's it's. Uh, uh, I for one do not want to see her on the on the New Mutants anymore. She's not, like not it's like she's like Wolverine, been. right? It's like what Wolverine said in X Force. See, we can kill a bunch of birds with one stone here. He said to X twenty three and and Proud uh, James, it's Proud Star, right? Proud yeah. Star, yeah. Yeah, he said yeah. once you join this team, once you set foot on this mission, you are not an X Men. You'll never be an X Men, and you can never go back to doing what you, they did on the X Men. You will be completely changed. And he said that to Rain too, and she, because of her her uh, hatred for Daddy. She can't go back. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's not it's not gonna happen. And and far be it from me to ever stand up for Scott Summers because Actually, he is Rain, the what? I uh, he I don't remember Rain being in part of that conversation. He No, he, but she is on the team. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you're right. She and she's yeah. on the team, so it applies to her. I mean she's yes, absolutely, chopping up absolutely. chopping up people just so why don't you I think you wanted to talk about this last week and since Yeah. The natural, let's go ahead. I think do not underestimate the impact of Messiah Complex. That, I think that is one of the most important X-Men stories in the last 10 years. It's going to be a wintergreen title? It's huge. It will. It's huge. But, um, Chris, if you read any title, I think you should read X-Force. Because it is completely unlike any X-Book out there. It, it's, a flip, it's a flip-flop. It's a role reversal. Like, like David said, you had Scott Summers, who was the, the one-time tender of Charlie's dream. Now he, he's a commando. He's a badass, no-nonsense, pragmatic leader. I mean, there's a scene in the book where they have Rain at gunpoint and, like, Ben and Lost. He's just like, go ahead, shoot her. I don't care. He's just, he wants to get the mission done, and he will accept any casualty on, from getting to that goal. It's nuts. And it doesn't. It does not. It doesn't feel forced. It. I mean. It, no. It's. It, it's a strange natural progression, but it is. It, it's somewhat organic. There's no. It's not like if you read X Force and then you see Uncanny X Men. It's like, well, okay, Fraction and Kyle and Yost are completely writing this character two different ways. It's not the same voice. It's not. You know, he's just bipolar from one issue to the next. It. It. it it's the same dude. Mm-hmm. Well, they, right. So, Vince, if if I'm not mistaken, though, didn't you want to talk? You read the first trade of X-Men. yeah, the first six issues. Yeah, it, it, I th- I think it's wonderful, but it, it really should be subtitled. Dismemberment can be fun because <laughs> you know we've always heard Wolverine. Oh, he's a um, a murderer. He's a killer, stone cold uh, assassin, and we we've never really seen it. We saw that one. Well, I shouldn't say we haven't really seen it. I've never seen it in the book in the X books that I've chosen to read. Way back in the Burn Day, you did s- see the off-panel snicked and the you know the guard get killed. But I've never because I don't read the Wolverine solo titles for the past like five years. I've never <laughs> seen that 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 slice really? and dice Wolverine. No, I have no interest. But this <sighs> this is the book that showcases Wolverine's killing ability. If if. I think the the violence can be measured in gallons per panel. It's like Jackson Pollock meets comics. There is blood flying everywhere, heads sheared in half, just guts like strewn all over. It's crazy violent, and there's a reason for it because you have a team of killers. X twenty three is is pretty much uh, more detached than her 
cell donator or, or I've gone her. from hating her when she first came out to absolutely loving her I yeah I do and I gotta say I, I like Choi and Obak but Clayton Crane does the definitive X-23 okay she is smoking hot and Dis- just disagree she's not supposed to be smoking hot she's like 13 hey fellas this is Adrian I've uh, been listening to your uh, show for a long time I'm uh, also known as Tech Jedi on the forums. I uh, just wanted to say I am so friggin' happy that I am not the only one, along with the Reverend Mad Duck, that drink to great length while recording a podcast. You do great. Keep going. Well, no, she's smoking hot. No, I don't. I don't. She's I don't disagree. Years old. No, I don't no. disagree with Crane's. <laughs> what do you mean? No, 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 no. She's thirteen. She's a, yeah, but she's a she's a, an old thirteen. She's an old thirteen. She's been around the <laughs> block. Like 16, she's like, 17, oh, okay, wait, wait. What about what about fucking Tara? Tara Markov over here, who's like fourteen, fifteen years old, shagging with uh, Slade Wilson. Yeah, but that's old hat. There's one panel where where uh, <laughs> Wolverine and, and every guy, everybody's got to be nineteen years old and hot. Well, that, yeah, there's one panel yeah. where Wolverine and and uh, Proudstar are surveying the scene, and uh, Laura's on the ground with this scanning device. And the way Clayton Crane draws her, he he sticks the ass just in the right spot, so it's like, <laughs> damn, you know. And they coming up from behind, so it's like, ooh. But no, the 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 storyline in this book is brilliant. It's it's it takes a lot of the old school X Men elements and updates them. It makes them contemporary, so so they're 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 pulling on those those fanboy heartstrings, but they're they're making a logical progression from where Messiah War went to to this. And uh, I I don't know, maybe it's just me jonesing over this hyper violent book, but I I think it's it's really brilliant. You have the purifiers. Starts off with math. The, there's this one high ranking purifier agent named Matthew Rissman, and he gives himself over to Shield, and it explains why. Shield didn't intervene in the hospital in Alaska when they actually tried to kill the baby. You're like, well, well geez, isn't this Shield's jurisdiction? It's still in, in the United States, but they they explain why they didn't intervene. But anyway, I'm getting off track. So this this purifier dude turns himself into Shield, gives himself up because he wanted to get access to the Shield base to steal this very valuable piece of technology to jumpstart Nimrod. There you go. As soon as you, you include Nimrod in something, I'm like, I'm there, dude. Uh, so you, you have this sentinel offshoot cyborg. Is he a cyborg or he's a robot? I think he's a robot. He's, he's a completely. He's a sentinel. He's a sentinel. He's, right. He's, with the, with yeah. the master mold and the. Okay. So uh, they jumpstart Nimrod. They attach Bastion's head to Nimrod. <laughs> and, and, and they use the, the knowledge gained from Bastion to find what's left of Warlock's father. Magus. Oh, it's like a, it's a total geek out. So, it is uh, a total geek out. That first <laughs> arc was for, that was so badass. It, and it, but it doesn't end there. It, they just keep compounding geek elements into this book. So they, they use the technology gained from Magus to reanimate William Stryker, the leader of the Purifiers, like we said last time. <laughs> Graydon Creed, the Friends of Humanity dude, Donald Pierce, Stephen Lang, of course the Leper Queen's involved. I don't know where she came from. She she's a relatively new villain, right? Yeah. The Leper Queen, uh, Cameron Hodge, of course, founder of the Right, and Boulevard Trask, the dude that made the Sentinels in the first yes. place. It's basically With- all of the 
the major X villains absent Magneto. Yeah, so it's, the non-mutant it, X villains. It, all the rogues, all the X Men rogues, yeah. throw them all in this book, dude. All uh, together now. Yeah, which leads to Rain biting off Angel's wings, which is uh, there's By- another. Yeah. Okay. Well, 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 there's another rele- <laughs> revelation in this book. Mm-hmm. It turns out the apocalypse taint that Angel was exposed to when he was one of the four horsemen never went away. Mm-hmm. The 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 wings looked like they were organic and they looked you know like feathers and 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 cartilage and and bone or whatever, but they weren't. They were they were still those metal big ass metal wings. So he. Angel kind of morphs back into Archangel. It's nuts. It's crazy. You got to get this book, Chris. It's a it's, blast. But like I said, it's complete role reverser. Wolverine is the voice of reason. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, you know, Rain, this God fearing. Dude, young, don't forget my girl Domino. I know. Well, well, not in the first. Know, that, arc. Not in the first. Arc. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I'm keeping it to the first six. Which is called Angels and Demons, by the way. So then you have uh, Rain, who was this God-fearing child, the young X-Men or New Mutant, who you know basically scared of her own shadow, turned into this monstrous killing machine to get revenge on her father. Uh, then you got flip-floppers within the purifiers too. That Matthew Reisman guy doesn't like the way Bastion's running things, so he's working behind the scenes to undermine him. It's it's a really good book. There's a lot of levels to this thing. It is I the hotness. L- I love it. I love it. My only complaint is in the art with with some of it. Same here, my brother. Same here. Some of it. Some of it's. I'll a be the long voice of dissent. That's fine. That's fine. Well, you, know, you and Cinch have that in common. The 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 um <laughs> the some of it may seem. It starts off feeling pretty fluid, but it and especially once uh, when he comes back for the second arc after. Uh, Choi and Elbach do, do the second arc. The, some of Crane's art looks a little stiff, a little posed, and um, and I just, I wish, I, I know it's supposed to be a dark book and, and it's black ops, but I just wish it wouldn't look like it all took place at night in a dark warehouse with no fucking electricity and everybody's wearing black. It's just, I can't, I gotta squint. Captain America's not this dark. I just, I can't always make out what the hell's going on on the page. Wow. See, I don't know. I I, I uh, understand where you're coming from, but I don't see it, especially the stiffness stuff. All right. Um, I think the the battle scenes oh, look look like this crazy clockwork orange ballet of of just carnage. I, I'll I'll wait until you get the 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 third arc. Then I'll wait until you get yeah, the. Uh, I'm with David. Second. I I think the art it's it is a little too dark, and I think it's intentional because both artists absolutely. Are um, but I do agree with you. I, it, it has grown on me, though. Like I, I even back in one of our episodes way back in the day, I, I think I actually complained about the, the art on X Force a bit. When uh, I think you did, uh, yeah, it's 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 grown on me. Like I just read the Messiah War uh, this week. I just saved all the issues and read them all. I, I, the art's okay now. It's grown on me. I, but but it's it's it would I would I sure wouldn't mind if they if they went to something a little bit. I guess I don't want to say the word conventional, but. Um, but but the, even dis, even despite it not being my favorite art, the story's been an absolute yes uh, X fanboy you know yeah. geekism for the last year. Yeah. So phenomenal, phenomenal. But just one more thing about well, a couple things about Clayton Crane. I I love the way he draws. Well, not draws. He renders skin. It's almost translucent, like you can <laughs> see through the the top <laughs> level, layer of it, yeah. and, and and you can get the muscle structure on it, and he and it seems so. 
easy for him to do it. Like the, it doesn't look forced at all. He, everything has a texture. Unless he pulls back, like during during the battle scenes, he gets really loose with the brush, and he'll just blam splatter it down. Ugh, I'm, I'm I'm there's I have nothing but praise for this book, and it's an X title. I'm, I must be <laughs> like my sugar must be low or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, said, you said that you haven't been reading Wolverine. Did you? No, please, I've, I, I, please tell me that you read the enemy, the enemy of the state, twelve issues. That yeah, that, that I did because my boy drew okay. it. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, but I, I made the exception for that. Yeah, yeah, and but I, I've heard good things about the Rucka Run, and I've heard good things about Garth Ennis's stuff. I just, I don't know. Wolverine's a hard sell with me. Oh, sure. He really <laughs> is. Be, be, because well, uh, he, I think no, the guy's no. like a one-note wonder. He's a killer. Stop okay. him right now. He's, oh. he's, he's, no. Wolverine is Marvel's... there were three. No, no. He's Marvel's hooker with a heart of gold. He, he, he has this compassion for his friends and family, but then he'll go out and do the most despicable, disgusting things. So, yeah, that's intriguing about the guy, but he, he's a killer. He's just a killer. Well, it, it's, sure. it's kind of it's kind of what we were talking about with the bat earlier. Even though I mean Wolverine, I mean that's obviously a character that Wolverine is Wolverine. There, there's I mean that's that's not a mantle that's ever going to be passed along. But uh, right. um, yeah, thank God we don't need no more Dak and shit. Please no, get, taking over the book. Uh, get ready for Wolverine it. Wolverine seventy five. Yeah, Dark Wolverine. Well, I'm not getting ready for anything. They could they could put oh, no, a gazillion of those. I, I'm not reading this. It. Will be this will be the first Wolverine book. At least because it has the title that I will actually not be buying. Off the oh, yep. you must yeah, really hate era. him then. You know what? I don't. I, I know I'm going to send David into a tizzy because I know he's on board with this. Um, I at, when I when X23 came out, I couldn't stand the idea of there being a female clone of Wolverine. Like I just said before, she she's grown on me because she actually is a different character. But Dakin, who I you know, if you're reading for me because I do read Wolverine Origins, I'm about sick of Dakin. He's been in the fucking He's been the story's been going on for like four fucking years, and I thought we'd finally get wrapped up and we wouldn't see him for a long time. <laughs> now he's fucking in Dark Avengers. They really, they really should have done that. They really yeah, should have put him on ice for a while. I mean, Jesus, he's in Dark Avengers now, and he's going to be in his own solo book. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, Jesus I love it Christ. because I love it because I don't even know who that character is. You're, you're and you're better off for it too. Don't he's leave, but I tell you, I tell I I don't care. Um, the, well, you the, asked him. <laughs> no, I co- I commented that I don't even know who that character is. I have no interest All right. in who he is. But I tell you, you, you mentioned X twenty three. That was a really good miniseries. Yeah, you are the original correct. One, it was. Absolutely was. Yeah. Yep. Totally flew under my radar, and I'm still missing an issue. Did they ever collect that? Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I need I need to round those up because I'm missing an issue from the original miniseries. That was if you were a fan of uh, Morrison's We Three, that I the lot of parallels between yeah, the you two. You are right. You're right it, too. And, and and another testament to Kyle and Yost. They write yeah. believable characters. They really do. You could take something as as rote as a Wolverine clone. I mean, geez, does it get any more? Cliche, yeah, you know, yeah, well tread, it's well trod, well tread, whatever. A Wolverine clone, but I care about Laura. I, I actually like the character a lot. I care what happens to her. I can't say that about Wolverine. Uh, (laughs) You know, oh, oh, I can't. But, but that, but that means you, 
you connect with that character, you connect with the characters around her, mm-hmm. and and yeah, it's it it's kind of like the Marvel version of We Three. It really is. I I really enjoyed that first miniseries. It was it was very very good stuff. Hey guys, it's David D calling. I've been having to drive around Long Island all day today, and so thank you for episode fifty eight, which has been keeping me entertained. And uh, I just wanted to pick up on the Cerebus discussion and say that I think that Vince has done a marvelous job of convincing me that I will never attempt to read Latter Days, because I tell you, if something is too weird for Vince, then fuck it. I mean, the man can find the love for a comic about a, I don't know, a jumping bean or something like that. So I think I will take that off the list. Great episode as always. And I also want to know, does anyone ever send a fax? Anybody that's called the voicemail line will know what I mean about that. Have you received faxes yet? Have your legions of listeners um, found crazy things to fax to you? Thanks, and keep it up. Hey, guys, it's David D. again. I just wanted to be one of those repeat callers. Actually, I had one more thought about uh, episode 58, and I wanted to uh, leave it here because I'm sure by the time I get to a computer to get to the forum, I'll have forgotten all about it. But I really loved the uh, way the episode kicked off with uh, Chris's confession of being a Punisher fan. And I, I can totally relate. Like, I, I've loved the Punisher since I was a kid. Uh, it was that, uh, you know, it was hearing that the team from Hellblazer that I loved, Ennis and Dylan, were doing Punisher. That was one of the things that got me back into comics in whatever that was, 99, 2000. But I feel like, yeah, I also feel like being a Punisher fan is one of those things that you sort of confess, you know? It's like I kind of imagine that Punisher fans as a group are different people than me, which I suppose makes me a terrible hypocrite because I'm a Punisher fan. But it's also not surprising that when it comes to the Ennis stuff, it's been one of the most consistently written crime comics, you know, of uh, the last 10 years or whatever, and uh, we know that Chris loves crime comics, and so do I. So, But uh, it's funny. One of the things that, uh, as the discussion continued into comparing Ennis and Miller that I was thinking about is um, I agree with you that there's a lot of things about them that are the same when it comes to they both have shocking violence, they both have laddish, sometimes juvenile humor. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff between those two writers can be very similar. And I've read, I'm a fan of both. I've read nearly all the comics work of both of them. But I think the difference and the reason why, for me, NS tends to just be a little more sophisticated than Miller's work is that for all of the complete over-the-top fun of something like the... Uh, the first Punisher series that he did, you know, the Welcome Back Frank stuff. NS also has a lot of stories that are about the consequences of violence. You know, when you think about what the Punisher Max series was like, when suddenly it wasn't so, you know, meaningless, you know, on purpose. To use Ennis's term, that he didn't want it to mean something. I feel like when it got to the Max series and he started doing storylines, you know, like, um, was it the Slavers, was that the Slavery Ring or Mother Russia, you know, when suddenly there were stories about the consequences of violence then it started to mean something more. You know, the same could be said of a lot of Ennis' war stories. Whereas, you know, Miller, it's, I don't know, it tends to be more like a video game. There aren't consequences. You know, violence is cool, and cool for the sake of it. And I, I can think of very few Miller stories that actually get to the point where it deals with the, you know, the consequences of violence. So anyway, that's my few cents on that comparison. I thought it was an interesting topic, and I wanted to pick up on it. Love the show as always, and keep up the good work. Thanks. <laughs> I think we should move away from the X books for a couple minutes at least because, you know, Thank not you, the bullpen bullets. No, yeah, he no, was good though. <laughs> no, I was really impressed. You you kept up. You were just like, nah, fuck it. I'm not gonna talk about that. You were. It seemed like you were interested, which is cool. 
I'm going to be current for a change. I know I never talk about books that actually come out on the Wednesdays that we record. Something came out today. I got to push it because it was wonderful. And it was very cheap, too. Standard size comic, a dollar. Of course, I'm talking about Project Superpowers, Chapter 2, Number 0. You've got a Project right. Superpowers hard on right now. I days. do. I, I'm telling you, this stuff, it, it's just wowing me. And it's. I think it's because I'm not all that familiar with the characters and I haven't been reading them for the past 20, 30 years, so everybody's fresh, everybody's new, and it's like, you know, the, the, the learning curve. You're going up the, up the bell, and you're just absorbing. Mm-hmm. So this, this is fun to me. Obviously, it's Alex Ross's baby, but I will say, for anyone who has not read Project Superpowers, like myself, never, I still haven't read the, the original miniseries, the inside front cover of this book lists all the characters with a picture and it gives their civilian names and it also tells what they do it's the idiot's guide to project superpowers within the front cover of this really cool and and you get a blurb on the bottom the story so far tells you everything leading up to this this is the way to get readers up to speed very cool so open it picks up right after the events of the black terror miniseries that i talked about what two weeks ago the supremacy who is this shadowy organization of world leaders. Naturally, President West is one of them. They're not pleased at what's going on with these heroes. They've overtaken New York, set up their base, and the, uh, these, the supremacy wants, they want blood. They want it to stop. So they, they come up with this idea to just destroy New York City. At the loss of people on their side, they don't really care. They want these heroes dead. And it also sheds a little bit of new light on the events of the Black Terror miniseries because when you think that he overcame the president and his uh, patriots, they allowed him to win. So he, so the Black Terror could think that they're weaker than they are. So, you know, push comes to shove, the superpowers dudes decide to take the bull by the horns and get a jump on the president before they attack New York because they have a mole inside the supremacy in the form of a blue beetle clone called the Scarab. Really cool. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's a double agent. He looks a lot like the blue beetle. So they get wind that... Is this the the Golden Age blue beetle? um, No, no. It's a a high-tech kind of Jaime-looking blue beetle. I mean oh. the armor. The armor is kind of similar, N- not entirely similar, but it, it, shades of of Jaime. So so they get wind that the president's going to destroy New York and them with it. So they 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 take get the jump on them and they go to the Pentagon and storm the place. And that's when they the Black Terror learns that his ease of defeating the uh, Patriots the first time around was uh, planned in advance. So uh, the the boy King is in it again. And the inheritors who were charged with the task of policing the superpowers dudes, they see that their mentors are now storming the Pentagon, and they don't think they they think they're all wrong. So now the inheritors are after the superpowers dudes. Really good stuff. Extremely good. I'll give you the 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 end uh, to top it off. You get a double page origin of the Black Terror for those who don't know what he is, where he's from, how he got his powers. Two pages cover the whole deal. So cool. it's 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 kind of like fifty two in a sense where you get the main story and then you get a couple pages in the end uh, addendum telling you who these characters are and how they came to be like this. It's wonderful. Yeah. Plot cover and art direction by Alex Ross. Plot and script by Jim Kruger. Main story art by Edgar Salazar. Main story colors by Victor Ramones. Black Terror art by Doug Kaluba and uh, covers by. Cl- si- d- d- it's Klauba. 
Doug Clauba. Doug Clauba. There you go. Yes. And, uh, he, will be cover- a, he will be a guest at the Windy City Comic Con. <laughs> nice. <laughs> When's that going to be? Uh, Saturday, September 19th from 10 to 6. Go to WindyCityComicCon.com. Oh, and who oh. else is going to be there, Chris? You. And Dan. <laughs> yeah. That's right, baby. And who else? Who's badass? Um, who else? What? Um, Tony Moore. David. What? One of your other co-hosts. I David. said you and David. Oh, I didn't say David. You said yes. It's going to be you, you, David, and Tony Moore. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, the, the the President West is not what he seems. There's a there's a little ball a bomb dropped in this masquerade. Kicks some ass with the high cut skirt. Green Llama does some uh, fancy footwork. It's really good. And so you get a standard size comic for a buck. There's a bargain right there. But the first issue of Project Superpowers Chapter Two proper will be an extra large issue. It's going to be 40 pages, I think. You get 20, 48 pages, 22 pages of story, plus 8 pages of bonus materials and other stuff for two ninety nine. So if you add them up, you get 48 pages in this, in the, in the first issue. You get 20, uh, 30 pages in, the, in this zero issue. So you're getting like 64 pages for 4 bucks. Hey, Vince, I know Three. that we've got DCBS for a sponsor on the show. Is Dynamite yeah. a sponsor now, too? I don't know, but I think because they should be. Because if not, they should be, because you're loving this series. I am. I have such a hard-on for this, this Project <laughs> Superfire stuff. I, I'm telling you, I, I, I wish I could put my finger on it. Whether it's just the newness of the characters, the art is great, the story is kicking, and is, they're relatively inexpensive. Huh? And as much as 50-year-old characters can be new, but I get your point. Yeah, and and the one thing I noticed uh, while I was reading this, the the Green Llama's takeover of New York City turned it into a garden. So you got a symbolic Garden of Eden where everything's perfect, and in the outside world you have this strife and all these world leaders causing problems. Again, they updated the Black Terror, like you said, a Golden Age superhero who had a flat skull and crossbones on his chest. I was like, why would this character wear a skull and crossbones? They explained that in the two-page origin story, but they've updated the, the Skull and Crossbones to like this hologram type thing that actually looks like it's shimmering, like the Green Lantern symbol that David loves so much. It, it, lo- it looks oh, like, yeah. it's actual, like it's actually shimmering <laughs> off his chest. So they've taken an old design so. and updated it to contemporary standards. It's really good. Okay. Hey, David. I, I will make a challenge to anybody listening to this. Take a dollar out of your wallet. Next time you're at the comic shop, buy this book. You will not be a uh, disappointed. You won't. There reminds me. Yeah. David? Yes, Chris. What is your heart on about the Green Lantern symbol that floats off the chest of the Green Lanterns? We only I, have another 45 yeah, minutes. No. It's, <laughs> it's getting to air all, all of his shit out this week. That's, yeah, that's the guy. This is my last episode? What the hell? <laughs> tell me about your childhood. Hey, what's up, Live Comics? This is Adam, uh, Darth Willis on the forums. Just wanted to tell you what I've been reading this week. Uh, I actually read the first trade of uh, Jack of Fables. I absolutely loved it. It's right up there with Fables. I didn't think it would be as good as Fables. That's why I didn't pick it up uh, initially. But I've read all the Fables trades and uh, started reading Jack of Fables. It's just awesome. Tony Aiken's art it's spot on with the same uh, theme, I guess, of uh, fables. I mean, he doesn't copy uh, Mark Buckingham's art, but it's, it, it resembles it kind of. And 
was very detailed on just throwing little things in the art. It's, it's kind of cool and funny. Uh, love the show. Keep up the good work. Talk to you later. Bye. It's fluff. It's just, it's not, it's, it, ooh, it's pretty. It's like, it's, it's, it's cool. Just, it's, oh, yeah. it's, oh, so that's all the reason right there. Then that's all we need. It's Isn't that what comics sweet. is all about? It's, I love it. It's oh, cool, it's man. sweet. Yeah, it's cool. But oh, is, it is. Is it, isn't it a hint at the, the, uh, the, the energy reserve? No, the energy reserves present within the character and the ring that they're so powerful that you got this energy thing floating above their chest. I, don't, I think it works. And, and, and we're and not saying you're wrong, by the yeah. way. I don't see you it know, as an energy and, thing. It's uh, Sure. Know. And and the, yeah, the lantern the power it. battery is the source of their power. So, what speak... Did you guys... Did, so, did y'all sparkle as they fly through the air. That's so cute. Awesome. I, sweet. Like, did oh, you guys... Yeah. Do yeah. Did you guys read the last issue of Green Lantern Corps? Not yet. Not yet. Regina. Regina. <laughs> you're right. Thing. I forgot about that. Ding. No, was so it good, good, Chris? Did it so drop good. some science. Tell us about it. Um, that was issue 38, sp- I, right? I don't want to spoil it because there is a, an ultimate sacrifice that could, in a way, kind of change the DCU. Really? Again? Do you guys want me to spoil it This for you? week? Hell yeah. Oh, I don't know um, if David's into no. that, but I don't care. No. David, you into go that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. No, spoil no, no. it. This is no, awesome. No, go ahead. Right, he's no, going to be bummed. He's going to be bummed. Don't. Do it. By the time I get to read it, no, go ahead. Go ahead. It's fine. Tell us. So, 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 so Sodom Yat, who is Ion, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Is, is from Daxum. He's a Daxum. Right. He's just like Monel. So, um, his home world, Daxum, is being um, uh, kind of held hostage by or occupied by Mongol and Mongols' kind of faction of the Sinestro Corps. So, oh, they're, they're under siege. So Sodom, being the badass that he is, flies into the heart of the, the, the Daxum Red Sun and unleashes the Ion Force and turns Daxum's sun yellow. No! Yeah, I actually heard that on the internets. Yeah. And so, well, basically... Effectively making everybody a superhero. Yeah. So in, in, a, in, in a weird way, there is, there's a new Krypton. Right. In, in, in another in weird the, way, there's fucking new new billions of fucking supermen. A new, <laughs> newer Krypton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, there is a new, new Krypton. Da- yeah. Daxum is now, is now um, you know, circles a yellow sun, so everyone on that planet now has basically Superman's powers, and, but right. they don't. So, yeah, so, so the Green Lantern universe has its own, its own, New Krypton to deal with. So that's yeah, awesome. really interesting. Is uh, yeah, for, yeah. for those that don't those that don't know the the history of Daxum, it's probably worth telling our listeners that Daxum is is uh, is unbelievably xenophobic. That they, they, mm-hmm. they are their entire culture is is around the purity of of their race, and and they cannot they have an aversion. Uh, they're basically. I guess you could say they're the comic analog in the DC universe of, of racists, right? I mean, they just they 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 absolutely cannot stand anything that's different from them, and are deathly afraid of it, and hate it, and 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 try and dispel it. So, yeah, I mean, you give all those guys superpowers, and uh, I would imagine you could tell some pretty interesting stories. Sure, and you know, what? I guess why it's called Daxum, uh, and why and why they have the powers of Kryptonians. They're it's, cousins, I, I, aren't they? Well, somehow? I I I. I 
seen this. I, I forget exactly where I read this, but basically the founder of Daxum was a, uh, he was a Kryptonian okay, that okay. that that went to Daxum, and that's where kind of I guess the start of the race came from. Is is a Kryptonian that left Krypton and went to this new world and and populated it. So and it, I think his name was Daxum. You got his fuck on, yeah, oh, something like that. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot. But but in that one issue, and once again in great Green Lantern core style, it was sandwiched in you know between two other stories, and it's like this major event. I'm like, holy shit, that's a big fucking deal. Daxum yeah. now has a yellow sun. You have you have you know hundreds of thousands of Superman level power individuals in the DC universe now, and this is all thrown into the middle of of you know blackest night so i i think this is going to be a big deal with that storyline and it wouldn't surprise me if it if it comes around and may get involved in new krypton at some point you know it wouldn't surprise me either way if that if that becomes you know some sort of a, of an influence in the storyline because monel is is a part of of new krypton and and the superman family of books so right but you know what very cool. th- this new status quo will have to go away at one time at some point in the future, the new Krypton. I, I'm I'm thinking because from a from a writer's standpoint, isn't it really hard to write all these ultra powerful characters? You have you, you have a new Krypton. Now you have another. You have Daxum that is essentially another new Krypton. You have all these mind-bogglingly powerful heroes. How can you keep writing that convincingly? Well, it's like putting pro- Doomsday in every yeah. Superman story. You can't do it. Exactly, and the problem is that you have a Deus Ex Machina that is readily available for any any high level um, story that you could you know that you could come up with. It's like okay, Anti Monitor comes back onto the scene. Well, we have an entire we have two planets of Superman to sick on him now. Whenever Superman mm-hmm. is the you know the the, the pinnacle of, of what a superhero is 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 possible you know or capable of doing. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's it's there's too much power floating around the DCU right now. So yeah, they'll 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 thin things out. It's uh, let me just tell you, anybody who's reading World of New Krypton that shit is not going to end well, and, mm-hmm. and you know you know that as you're reading it. Well, so. it's the antithesis of what Byrne did. Byrne gave Superman feet of clay because he realized that superpowered. Well, it's it's almost redundant to call him superpowered, but incredibly powerful Superman is boring. Mm-hmm. And, and you had tons of Silver Age stories that were entertaining, but when Superman can't get hurt. Aside from kryptonite, it's really boring. So Byrne said, I'm going to take them back a few pegs, make them more real. That, and it worked for, what, 25, 30 years. And, right. and now to have now, all these... This is a 180 because Superman is super powerful now, but he's got people that are equal, right. if not, you know, probably some that are even stronger than him now that could hurt him. So um, oh, I think they she's, some really cool stories. And, the, and by, by putting them on another planet, um, and particularly on the, the Daxma stuff, I mean, you, you know, you can... Tucking them away, and then like anything else, you know, every now and then tell a cool story with them. It doesn't, you know, have to be the new status quo. But uh. but it's always in the back of your mind now. It's almost impossible to come up with a villain convincingly powerful enough to stand against a planet of jacked up Daxamites. Yeah, but to be honest with you, even I mean, I, I the few times I've tried to read Superman, I've always that's what's turned me off to him is that he is so damn powerful. I mean, Superman has always been the device in DC Comics to save the day. I mean, he he really has been, you know, 
the guy that through his willpower or his actual powers or a combination of both has found a way to save the you know the the to defeat the, the most undefeatable you know villains it's kind of like why you know, we always talk about how you know we get so hung up sometimes about nitpicking this little bit of continuity or this little detail of a characterization and yet the funny thing about that right is we're all superhero fans as david likes to say capes and cows i mean mm-hmm. there's a tremendous amount of suspension and disbelief not the least of which is that they have superpowers in the first place but like you think about like team books and i'm a huge team book fan i know you guys are too I mean, how many times, I mean, the reality is most of the time with these team makeups, I mean, you know, like with Thor or with Superman, I mean, it's kind of absurd that like a guy like Black Panther would be fighting alongside Thor, right? I mean, Thor's a fucking god. If if he really wanted to, he should be able to kind of take care of just about any foe. But in the team concept, you have to have like that human guy, you have to have the, the gadget guy, oh, the smart sure. guy, the speedster. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you actually, it, it, there's so many flaws in logic in these books that you just kind of have to get past that and it's funny because we all seem to get hung up and this is every fan there's some some component to the logic that kind of like david it bothers david that there's energy projections on the on the, <laughs> the symbol right but you're not he bothered that, that there's a couple thousand you know international police that use a energy battery to charge up a ring that can make magic constructs you know what i mean like it's right. and yeah. i'm the same way like i get nitpicky like i was making fun of the way that they characterize cannonball but yet i don't have a problem that cannonball can uh, you know fly through the uh, you know through the air and is indestructible while he's doing that? So almost you know, indestructible. You know. Yeah. But see, hey. and this leads me to something that I've I've been thinking about recently, especially in terms of my my the books that I buy religiously every month. We've been reading these these things for thirty plus years, most of us in mm-hmm. in in this digital room, and I like the fact that it's a very comfortable space that you know i know what i'm gonna get and i can go there whenever i want lately the comfort has been a turnoff for me like i'm i'm picking up project superpowers i'm getting a lot more books that i'm i'm trying more titles because the books that i have been buying for all these years even though in 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 case of john's with superman and green lantern and 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 the spidey stuff they're they're awesome and they're they're really great but there's not that charge anymore you know what i mean like thor thor to me uh, straczynski's thor was unbelievably uh pleasing to me because it was totally different than than the thor i'm used to and i was like yes i like this a lot it's new it's different it 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 reaches out from the page grabs me by the shirt and shakes me and says pay attention i'm gonna show you something new and i don't get that with a lot of the books that i've been buying since day one yeah do you, do you guys find that a turnoff sometimes that that these things are, are on the one hand f- old friends but sometimes you don't want to hang with your old friends you want to go out with somebody new just something right uh, oh, I yeah. was having a conversation with Corey Stroud you know um, you probably know him from the CGS forums uh, yep. and uh, I forget what the context of the thread was but I said something and he he said wow that's I, I totally agree with you I'd never thought of it that way and it was just talking about uh, whatever the various, uh, whatever the 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 bitch of the day, the moan of the day that people are having, and I said um, to Corey, I said, well, the thing is, is we all like to complain about a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, most of us, I mean, the core superhero readership, don't want to read new books. We want to read old books, and we want we want to read the characters we've known and loved forever, and we but we want those books to be great. That's really what we want. We want the books that we've read forever to be great and surprise us. And that's damn hard for creators to do, right? I mean, like you said, Vince, sure. how many – I mean, 
you've read Action Comics for, what, 30 years, right? How many Superman stories have you read? How many X-Men stories have David and I read? I mean, I've read, including all the tie-ins, probably, what, a thousand? I've read a thousand issues with Wolverine in it, probably. Mm -hmm. So it's so much harder, right, to tell a story with those characters that wows us, that doesn't seem contradictory to us, that's new, exciting, and yet at the same time, those are ultimately the characters we most want to read about. Sure. Well, I mean, I don't know guy, about guy, that. That, that's that's why Jeff Johns owns DC right now. Yeah, I agree that that is why I Absolutely. you know I think Johns is is great at what he does because he's making and again not for everyone I know there's some people that you know, but but for a good chunk of the audience that exists as it is today he's giving them what they want which is great stories about the characters that they're most familiar with you know right. and, uh, David David are you are you reading Green Lantern again? Uh, well, it's it's a character that I do. I am I reading it because of Jeff Johns or because it's Green Lantern? Well, are you reading Green Lantern because what Jeff Johns has done? Yeah, because okay. well, yeah, because he, he brought he he's the one who brought Hal back. So yes, I I, yeah. I can thank him for it. But yeah, I mean it's not it, it's not. I've read a bunch of bad Green Lantern stories and I've read some really good ones. So I mean it, it's but what 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 is what is dead on that comic fans want to read good stories about the characters that they yes. like and yeah. feel connected to. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's I want to do that. Yeah. No, so, you know, I wait, I agree with you to a point about the uh we want to see great stories featuring characters we love. I most of me agrees with that, but then there's a part of me that came out today in the comic shop where I took a look at Supergirl and the Action Comics Annual, is it number 12, I think? Yeah. Uh, took a look at them, and while well done, I said, do I really need these? A guy that's been buying these books for years, a lot of years, okay? I, what I want, I'm in the, this is my current mindset as far as comics goes. If I don't love it, I'm not going to buy it. If I don't want to read it, the minute I get home from the comic shop on Wednesday or in my case, work on Wednesday. If if I'm not jazzed to the point where I have to read this right now, why am I buying it? Eleven o'clock comics is okay. What about Duckburg? How come I haven't heard any talk about Uncle Scrooge? Vince B, what have you done? Hey, it's eleven o'clock comics. Eleven o'clock comics. But what about Uncle Scrooge? I don't understand. I have, yeah, totally I have scores, totally. scores of of Superman books that I have yet to read, and I and he's my dude. I love Superman. I'm I'm like three issues behind on Amazing, which I won't drop. But I'm you know I'm just using it as, as an example. Right. Um, Jonah Hex, I love it. I haven't read the last like four. Um, it's just like we I have to put things into perspective because I buy a lot of comics and you guys do too. And if it doesn't light a fire under my ass, I'm sorry but I'm not going to buy it every month. Mm-hmm. So Jonah Jonah Hex is one of those books where I won't drop it no matter what the circumstances because I know I love Jonah Hex. I just haven't gotten around to it. But right. but like titles like I don't know to throw something at me, like uh, the X-Books. I don't buy them monthly. I buy them in collected editions. So that works for me. But th- th- the titles that I let stack up, why am I buying them? It doesn't make any sense. I could buy them in trade six months. By the time I get to read it, the trade will be out. Right, Chris? So it's like, why not just buy trades? Oh, yeah. 
nothing. I just I came to a major epiphany with that this week, and it was actually inspired by our buddy uh, Logan in in Regina or Regina or Regina Vagina. Uh, uh, um, yeah, it's I kind of came to a decision in in this realization. I'm reading too many comics, mm-hmm. and it's to the point that my my old 36 year old brain isn't able to um, retain the the amount of comics info that I keep dumping into it. There's nothing more frustrating than picking up a comic uh, and not being able to remember what happened last month. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm as much as I hate to because there are a ton of great comics out there. I'm cutting the amount of stuff that I'm getting each month. I'm cutting my poll list, and there's a lot of stuff. Kind of like Vince is saying that yeah, okay, I've let this stack up for for several issues. Yeah, it's time to start getting that in trade. I would rather have it in in a well-bound collected edition than a single issues floating around. Now there are single issues that I will always get stuff that that I'll always want to read month to month, but I don't need to be reading twenty or thirty titles a month in single issues right now. So yeah, I'm gonna cut. Yeah. I'm gonna cut things down. And it's not that I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you know quote unquote supporting the industry, which is a ridiculous concept to begin with. But I'm gonna start metering out you know the the amount of comic book entertainment that I'm putting in my head because I want to enjoy what I'm reading. Right. And exactly. That's one of my problems too is is the retention of all this information that I keep washing over myself week after well almost daily really. I mean cuz we read comics all the time. And just to use Supergirl as an example, not to 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 single out the creators because Sterling Gates, great writer. Jamal, it's a good, it's a good it's, series. It's a that. good, exactly. It's a good series, but it's not a great series. Mm, oh, that okay, I mean, yeah. great, great is Gary Frank and Johns on the Brainiac yeah. action run. That's great for you. It's not I a great series, yeah. right, right? But I, I mean, personal preference. I, I I really like it, and I read it, and I'm, a, it, I'm very pleased when I'm done with it. But it's not like it. It's not the most pressing concern. When I open the bag and take my comics out, it is a it is a good superhero comic book. Right, it's very and, good, but not, it it's is, not great. It is, enjoy- it is very enjoyable, and if you're wanting to keep up with what is going on with the larger Superman universe, it is an important title and it's worth reading. But if you're not all into that, then yeah, it's yeah. it's just. It's just a good book, and it's a, so you have a stack of comics, and IDW's Groom Lake is in there, or Ashley Woods' Robots versus Amazons versus Zombies. Those are the books that just like exp- I, I, I explode when I see them because it's something that it's new, it's different, it's the art is challenging. I have to read those, and then you know you move on over Fantastic Four. I liked it, I really enjoyed it, as we heard last week, but. It's not a pressing concern. I don't have to read it right now. So I'm just going to try and limit my buying to those books that just completely wow me, which is most of the image books, I'll be honest. I, I, I read them right out, of bo- right out of the box. Dynamite's The Boys, love it. I have to, like we said, I, that's something I always read. And if the bottom of the stack, you you eventually get there, then you don't need to buy them. It's not a necessity. If you wait for those things on the bottom of the stack, you know, bide your time while you read the stuff you really want to read, then why are we buying these things? Mm-hmm. I don't, is it because of habit, do you think? Yeah, well, sure. habit. And, sure, sure. It, it's, yeah. You want to you know, read them, you want to know about them. You want to 
be a part of that. Story, you know, you want to read them eventually. You, you think you always think you're going to have time to read more than you do. I mean, I, I mean, I think I have, you know, twelve, thirteen issues of of things like Miss Marvel that I have unread. You know, mm-hmm. so then I'm like, I mean, I've had that thought recently because by the solicits, it looks like you know we, we know something happened to Carol, and it's. I'm like, do do I really want to buy this? What, what's interesting with Marvel lately is is a lot of their quote unquote second tier books, many of which I like. Um, it, they've been doing a stealth bi monthly thing, you know. A lot of them are being solicited for twice in a month, and uh, you know, to me, I, I think that's just bad bi-weekly. move because oh, bi weekly, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, bi weekly. Yeah. It's a bad move because you know these books, as we know, are, are hard enough to support as it is, and it's it's to me. I said this to you guys in a in, in a in a DM. You know, is is a good uh, a good jumping on point really about a good jumping off point these days? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that when you solicit, even if it's a two ninety nine book, but you're soliciting it twice in a month, and it's kind of a second tier book, and a guy's got his budget, it's real easy for him to say, "God, I, I can't buy two issues of Miss Marvel." Right. You know, I, mean, I, I I like it enough, but I'm not going to spend six bucks of my fifty dollar budget on Miss Marvel this month. You drop it, and he's, he's probably never coming back, or at least not for a long time. So. Yeah, it's you know, I look it's I love it and and like I've always said if if for me it's it's I don't ever spend more than I think a lot of people probably spend more than they should. I I like to think that I don't spend more than I should and I definitely also think that for the most case I could give up almost every book that I read if I had to, you know. So it's it's not anything like that, but same point in time, you're right Vince. I mean, I I literally have probably 5 6 long boxes of stuff that's unread. Uh, you know, some new, some old, but like back issues that I bought at cons or whatever, and and probably another twenty, thirty trades. I mean, that's getting back to what Logan said. That is a lot of comics, you know. But yeah. uh, yeah. but and, uh, and in in our um, line of quote work, to be knowledgeable on the titles about which we speak, we have to have to be steeped in them. I mean, because if you're yeah. going to talk about you know Superman for ten, fifteen minutes, you better know your stuff. You better be well versed in this issue and maybe the the you know the past three years or the past ten years. And we can't I, really I, I do can't, that because we read so much. I can't. I came to a realization about that in the last couple of weeks, and this is you know this can kind of sound sad sack. I started to feel a responsibility to stay up to date on everything that was out there. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I need to, I need to read as much as possible so I can talk about it on the show. You right. know what? I, I do that too. Yeah, I don't, I don't get comics that many comics. I mean, I get some comics from some, you know, publishers will send us preview copies, and that's very cool. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's a point where it's just like, man, I, yeah, I, I, I can't spend four hundred dollars a month on comics, mm-hmm. and so you know, it's uh, I, I have all that original art you can buy. Exactly. I need to. I need to. I, you know, I need to buy Scotty Young covers and that kind of stuff. And, but uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's just like as much as I want to read everything. Yeah, there's just there's not enough enough money in my budget and time in the day. So you know, I um, I just hope that you know our like our forum can fill in the blanks and say you know and suggest books to us because it's right. not just a one way street. It's it's the larger comic book community um, mm-hmm. as a whole. That is where is where great recommendations. I hope people are reading Chew because it was a really cool, inventive comic that came out a couple weeks ago from Image. But that's the kind of book that a lot of people may skip over and say, oh, "Okay, I'm going to wait for the collector edition." And you know, it's been talked it's been talked about ad nauseum. But the comic book industry is in a very 
um, in between flux stage right now where we're in between the single issue and the collected or original graphic novel stage and I think that we are going to see a lot more things go the OGN route and I can't wait for like what Vertigo's getting ready to do because I think that's going to be a very very interesting uh, experiment in the in the adult OGN arena. You're right. You're right. Just to get back to one thing you were saying, how I prepare for this little shindig every week, I'll take a look at what I talked about last week and base my reading for this week on something totally different than what I read last week. Like if last week, if, no, I have to. If last week I read uh, DC, I'll make sure that this week it's not DC. Maybe it's Marvel. Maybe it's mm-hmm. Image. And then next week I'll make sure it's not anything from the previous two weeks and then maybe about a month later i'll try and cycle it back to what i read the first time because i like to talk about a lot of different titles a lot of different titles are really exciting to me so i want to make i want to bring that across to the the wackos who listen to us but lately uh i was trying to find things to read and i said okay it looks like this week's a dc week if it wasn't for batman and robin this week would not be a dc week because I just wasn't, you, you, I just wasn't in the mood. Lot, you put a lot of thought into this, Vince. I do put a lot of yeah. thought into it because I, I, I want the our show to be as exciting to the people who listen to it as it is for us actually reading the books. Does that make sense? It does. Sure. And speaking of that, what? Speaking of that, something I, I want. I, we have to get this in. I've been meaning to do it for the last two weeks, but we haven't had a chance. Oh, so you're talk about Project Superpowers. No, 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 you already did that. Uh, let's get back, if we could, for the last few minutes, speaking of our very loyal and awesome listeners, a uh, couple episode 50 questions. Oh, good idea. I was going to suggest that myself. Uh, nice. Yeah. I got them all queued up. You all ready? Nice. We yeah, be baby, ready. I got this. I got you, listeners. I got you. Okay. With uh, Dave A, has two questions for us. Uh, Chris, we'll start off with you. Uh, number okay. one, if you... If you could bring any canceled series back to life, which would it be? Oh, um, Cat Britain and my 13th. Ah. <laughs> Good. Nice. Vince? Rom. Excellent. R O M. Space Knight Supreme. Respect. Never happened. David? I know. The Crew. Ooh, I love that great answer. <laughs> that was good. I like The Crew. I said, that shitty Kyle Baker, wasn't it? Who did those no, dead puppets? <laughs> Dude, I'm kidding. Even, I'm kidding. I know I'm you kidding. are. I know you are. I was, <laughs> Dave, wait, I was waiting for that dig to come in. Man, I love Kyle that, Baker. Love him. The crew was that. Was that a priest book? Yes, it was. It was. Yeah. Uh, yes. Priest, you know, priest, and Joe Bennett. Isaiah, going right? Back, going back and reading yeah. the the priest Black Panther. That That's good stuff. Read that. Oh, it's one of my oh, one of my favorite favorite. Trade that toot sweet. Toot yes, sweet. So, uh, Wood, what would you bring back? Ooh, what would I bring back? Um, West Coast just, Avengers. Hey. Really? Yeah, just, just read Uncanny. Nah, I just, uh, I just said, nah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, what would I actually bring back? Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. Wow. Oof. Gotham Central. Um, no, I don't know. Um, damn. Power oh, you know what? You know what? No, no, no. Uh, I would bring back um, uh, Why the Last Man. I'd like that to have gone up for another 40, 50 issues. Wow, look at you. Yeah. Okay, number two. we got some questions here. I want to get more than one question done. Uh, Number two, if your all-time favorite artist called you up on the phone or from the afterlife, as the case may be, 
and offered you a free commission of anything you wanted, what would you ask for? So we'll start with uh, Vince on this one. Oh, jeez. Okay. Like you, like you, you don't know what I was yeah. going to say. Kirby, <laughs> Kirby Commandy. Kirby Inc. Okay. by Panther. And, and okay. you know what? Just to take a little diversion here, not, not much of a diversion, I hope Jack is very pleased at what we've seen from the upcoming episode of Brave and the Bold with Commandy. Yeah, I've time I, to watch cartoons. I almost shit my pants when I saw those preview screens. Uh-huh. The the bats from Tracking Site, uh Caesar, Prince Tufton's in it, the the friggin' rats from Tracking Site are in it. It's like a Kirby Commandy lovers wet dream come true thank you everybody involved with the brave and the bold for doing this i never in my life thought i would ever see commandy in anything other than the the x amount of issues that were published but oh my god this is like a dream come true okay i'm sorry go ahead yeah go ahead david poopy pants uh <laughs> i was downwind you didn't almost shit the i would uh it'd be Gil Kane and through the i would want I'd be greedy, and I'd uh, I'd ask for different um, from different times in his career. I'd ask for a Gil Kane, uh, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern from the Silver Age, a Spider Man, and uh, finish it up with a uh, Ray Palmer, sort of the Atom. You are greedy, but those are good I choices. Am. That's yeah. a great idea, though. Yeah, cool. Um, well, that's I mean that that's the kind of question that'll change from day to day. Sure. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Wow. Um, a John Buscema Conan hmm. would probably be the bee's knees for me. Oh, that's that, nice. Yeah, that, that would be that would be pretty awesome. But uh, uh, tomorrow it might be a Steve Ditko Spider-Man. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, each, each day, because I was thinking, would I want a James Jean complete Fables cast? But no, actually, I think my answer would be uh, Alan Davis doing the complete... Mm. The complete X Men team from uh, you know the the the, the you know the, the second incarnation from from Giant Size Number One that 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 whole team in a big pinup would be what I want that would be you know I, I was recently massacre I, I was recently looking at Excalibur Number Sixteen mm-hmm. the Edgar Rice Burroughs yep. um, Nightcrawler takeoff issue that book for the time it was published is really racy. <laughs> It, no, it really is. Alan Davis drawn is it is it Saturn that was making Saturn making the nine. Mo- yeah, Saturn nine was making Saturn. the moves on Nightcrawler and she had a toga on that <laughs> left nothing to the imagination and it was gorgeous Alan Alan Davis work. Right. This is Matt aka Blazefire thirty three calling in to apologize to Mr. Eric Peterson, a.k.a. Greencap, on the forums and Twitter for twittering to Allen, a.k.a. New Mutant, but instead putting Greencap's name, which I was reprimanded for and must now wear a dunce hat and call into the show. Yes, I'm a little drunk. Bite me. We got to do the next one because it's from our boy, Mr. Matt Burden, aka Templar, aka oh, Marlon Brando. Oh. So, uh, so Templar, this is for you, baby. Uh, number one. Uh, well, this is interesting. It kind of ties into what we just been talking about. So we'll let Chris answer this one. Chris, where should Templar start with the X Men? What <laughs> one trade or run would you recommend for someone trying giant to size up to issue two hundred? Yeah. Uh, 
That's such a hard question. Um, well, yeah, I would say he he should start with the uh, with the um, either the Masterworks or the X Men Classic run that starts with the, the the first the Claremont stuff, first Claremont Cockrum, and then into Claremont Byrne. I mean, I think yeah, that's- you know, but but see, the, this is such a hard question that comes up with a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. Where should I start reading Green Lantern? Oh, sh- Green Lantern Showcase. It's you know, where do you start with the X Men? Well, you could say the Uncanny X-Men Omnibus has, you know, the beginning of all of the great mm-hmm. Claremont run. Uh, I, I could say you can go back further and read the the Roy Thomas, Neil Adams stuff, which I personally love. But that stuff is so dated to where if you're going to read the X-Men now, it's, do you say, Astonishing X-Men? Because that is such an homage to earlier style X-Men stories. That uh-huh. is such That is such a hard book in particular to pick because the X-Men is probably more of a soap opera than any other comic book on the shelves. It is so steeped in continuity. There are so many characters and so much history. It's almost impenetrable at this point where a lot of other books you're like, yeah, start with this. With the X-Men, I'm I'm no expert from, you know, probably 18 years ago on but what i what i started with was like days of future past Hmm. i have what i think is a good suggestion go ahead grant morrison's new x-men probably Uh, yeah yeah that's great because it will give him enough fuel to enable him to jump into the new titles and Mm -hmm. understand where everything is the lay of the land if you can find it but uh, marvel let that omnibus go out of print yeah. Well, they, yeah, they, they have they have a couple. They have the ultimate. They, collections. they have three ultimate collections. Yeah, and you can actually get the uh, the the original trades are uh, you can get them pretty cheap at places as well. Cool. Yeah, good. And and it's a damn good read to boot. Yeah. All right. So, great. So hopefully we we help Templar out there. Uh, then his second part of the question is, what one comic do you remember most fondly finishing, and in that very second of finishing that last page, turning to the beginning and starting over again because it was that awesome. <laughs> Can I answer and get it over with? Yeah. Okay. My my most fondly remembered comic, the one that's nearest to my heart, I must have read it the day I bought it at least 10 times, mm-hmm. Commanding Number 9. Literally okay. closed the cover, opened it up again, read it again. It's the, it's the tracking site issue with the bats and the Mordecacus, and it's the greatest comic ever created i don't give a shit what anybody <laughs> says Com- at, at the top of the peak of the comic book iceberg is commanding number nine everything else is inferior but that's just because that was that magic comic that that just the light bulb right. i mean it was my first comic was fantastic 448 mm-hmm. and that's the one that showed me uh, revealed to me that you know comics are magical but it was commanding number nine that was like my first sexual experience Okay. Wow. It's awesome. It's so damn good. Yes. Moving on. X Men right. number one thirty seven. Well, nice. That's nice. a Phoenix, right? Is it one thirty seven? Yeah. Okay. That's the that's the the battle with the um, with the Imperial Guard on the moon right. and yeah. Awesome. Did you ever read Burn? Have you ever read Burns uh, Phoenix: The Untold Story one shot, where they they changed the ending a little bit? I may have. What did they do? I Different. 
to tell you the truth, I don't remember. I have the issue, but <laughs> I, I, I remember it being published in the in the late eighties sometime. Okay. Yeah, and I, I know that it was the the version as originally intended, but they tweaked it a little bit for publication. David, what was the deal? Do you remember? With I'm sorry. Phoenix the Untold story? It was uh you mean the 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 original story or the Baxter reprint? The Baxter reprint with the different uh elements in it. It was um if if Shooter had let Jean Grey live, they were going to run. That was going to be the splash page for the next issue with her and Scott instead of opening up at the funeral. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Okay. How about you, David? Uh, I wish I remembered the number. I believe it is a Marvel team-up annual, and it's the second story. In the, uh, It was a backup story where this husband comes home, and he and his wife are pretty much watching the news, and they eat. He comes home. She she has his drink for him, but he they sit in front of the TV on the TV trays watching the news because apparently there's a uh, there's a villain that escaped from jail or is is fighting the heroes in the city, and it's it was just a it wasn't told that oh you didn't hear or read anything from the hero's perspective it was just you were just watching this couple watching the the news and and seeing what was going on in their own backyard and whether or not you know they should hightail it out of the city or uh you know what was it, it it'd be like you know just someone watching a plane crash on cnn right now and trying to find out about survivors and stuff and 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 at the end of the story when when the bad guy was taken away the husband is sitting up in bed just staring and uh and that that whole story just kind of stuck with me for years and and i just i went back and and reread that backup from from the be uh from that point on who who is the author i i'll look it up i uh it's i i it it wasn't it wasn't even i it wasn't i i kind of thought it was like a mazzucchelli kind of art it was it it was tell it was kind of like an inventory story i think they were even taking on not the Crimson Dynamo, but they were fighting. I, I don't even remember who the heroes were. I just, I just remember the, the husband and wife and how they were just glued to the TV set throughout the whole thing. Ah, nice. Wood. Uh, I, I, I have a lot of these from when I was younger. Not so much these days anymore. Again, it gets back to what you were saying, Vince. But uh, I remember, I think it was Avengers 255. It has, uh, she was Miss Marvel then, but now she's Photon or Quasar or whatever. But, uh, you know, the, it was... Um, she was on the cover. It was a painted cover, and I remember that was, I think, the first Avengers book I picked up off the racks, and uh, was just blown away. And it, it just it, the thing about it was, again, it gets back to that excitement of when it's new to you. Uh, you know, it was it was a bunch of characters in the Avengers at the time that I, I didn't know who they were. Um, it looked cool. The cover looked cool, and I read it, and it was all these. You know, it was a, it was a great action packed issue. But the thing was, is that. You know, I didn't know who any of these characters were, so I was like, "Oh shit!" I got and and that, you know, we talk about how all oh, bad jumping, you know, there's no place to jump on. I, you know, back in the day, the cool thing about these books and Avengers, especially for me, because uh, when I was just getting started, was I loved that I didn't know who these guys were. I didn't know who the Black Knight was. I didn't know who Miss Marvel was. I didn't know who you know Hercules was. And and I went back, got back issues, and and then kept reading each month to figure it out. And it was awesome. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say that's the first one I can just pop to my mind, but there are probably a lot of others. But I, I have two recent books that I did that with, mm-hmm. Vi- Viking number one, Ooh, and the first call. issue of uh, Cursed Pirate Girl. As soon as I was done with them, turned it over, read them again. 
See, oh, I was like the speaking of um, the, um, Vince, I got a, a little present for you, a little uh, cursed pirate girl. Whenever, whenever you come to Chicago. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, I yeah. did that recently with uh, um, the Sinestro core one shot. That first one shot, mm-hmm. I remember that was like a holy shit! What a great <laughs> issue! I read that again right away. Uh, I mean, I did it with others as, as uh, especially with. Um, with indie books like, uh, well, like Dark Horse Presents, I always did that with that. But uh, Mage, the last few issues of, of the first series, as soon as, I, of course, it, it was bi-monthly, so it took forever for you to finally get this, the, the following issue. But I remember, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't not. And then I'd get, even there are times where I wouldn't even, I'd, I'd get to the Grendel backup and I'd just be like, I wouldn't even read that. I'd just go right back to the to the Mage Kevin Matchstick story. But... While Wood was talking, I did look it up. I was right. It was Mazzucchelli who penciled the story. And the characters, the heroes that... It was written by uh, Bob D. Natale. And it was inked by Brett Breeding. And on the little television screen, it was Crimson Dynamo. And he was fighting Black Panther and Johnny Storm. There you go. Sweet. And the, the, cool. the, main, uh, the main story, the, the team-up portion of the annual was uh, Spider-Man teaming up with uh, Alpha Flight. And how does it feel to have this beloved story from your past, and you walked by no no more than two feet away from the man that created that? We live in a crazy freaking world. Mm-hmm. Hey, and uh, just while we... <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Move on. <laughs> Woods driving the bus. Get off the road. <laughs> no, sorry. I just... <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't actually listening to what you were saying. I was looking something up. See, nice. right. yeah. <laughs> I, I sorry, was listening, bitch. I'm a, I was I listening. Apologize, bitch. What'd you say? I'm sorry. I was. I'm not going back. back. I don't. I don't go oh, back in shit. time. That's all no, right. You, come on. No, I was back, talking baby. to David anyway. I just said the, the we live in such a wonderful world that this beloved story that he has from his uh, adolescence, let's call it, and he walked at Mocha two feet away from the guy that drew it. Why didn't you talk to the guy? It is an amazing thing. Because his line was freaking way long. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. And oh. and I didn't have any Maz Kelly to get signed, and I don't think you know, David didn't. And no. I pre-ordered the uh, Polyp book from Amazon, so I wasn't going to buy it twice. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys don't, haven't read Maz uh, Kelly's greatest. Uh, That's right. Greatest, greatest work. So. <laughs> come on, please. What? Come on. You didn't do your homework. Hey, um, my love, my lovely wife would like to know. When oh. she and the and the other wives are going to be on the show, well, we're going to have to plan that for reals. Yeah, yeah for real. Yeah, I Let, let's get everybody in on the joke. Not the joke. The plan. Sorry, is to have our wives take the microphone for a late. Yes, for a little bit Maybe. of time, just to you know do what we do, only from the perspective of the uh, so-called victims in this scenario that have <laughs> and, to put up with all as, our bullshit. As, as much as Renee would love to talk to you guys, she definitely wants to talk to the wives. So I know, <laughs> I know what our I know what our initial plan is. But after after those four episodes come to pass, then maybe the wives can sit. We could try to find a time for everybody yeah. to sit down. But it's, but, on, yeah, it's on the docket. Sorry. It's going to happen. Yeah, I think I think, Mar- I think Marta's very very interested. She keeps asking. She's actually standing by me right now. She wants to know, and she is a, a scheduling kind of person. So she wants Ooh, to know when is she going to be on? Well, we don't know. We don't. Um, Marta. Very soon, my lovely. How about that? Tell her that. You nice. could drop the my lovely part if you don't want to. You know, <laughs> Smooth. Me, me walking in your yard. 
we're scheduling. <laughs> she says, she says, whatever. So it's just oh, like a man. Whatever. Do we have a? See, but she has to understand. We don't have a schedule for anything on this show. This yeah, is she, all off the cuff. Almost. She, she says, she says, True. just like a, just, just like a man. All talk and no follow through. Oh damn. Ooh. Well, Ooh. maybe that's just because what she's used to at home. Oh, come on, now? I know, I'm not the following smarter, don't you worry. You're pretty. You guys don't have to be mean to me, too. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, it's Matt. Um, it's the morning after the night before. Um, Vince and myself spent a fraught, passionate, yet tender night together, um, bathing in Yingling and... Uh, Basically, uh, I don't know that any, any hatchets have been buried, and uh, we can all move on. We got all, you know, Riggs and Myrtle. Last night, yeah, certain things I can't talk about because David would. There'd be, I mean, we'd end up on on Oprah or Jerry. Do you have Jerry over there anymore? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, finished the episode now. Um, the all ages conversation. Um, I read comics to my son, and uh, I have to say, Chris, thank you for your recommendation of G-Man. Um, instantly called my LCS, and they have it, and I'll be picking that up. Um, I'm a big fan of the mini Marvels. Um, I picked up, God, it must have been back in 2003 or four. Um, that mini Marvels issue one. And then I think there was some kind of free Halloween handout uh, where it was kind of a digest size uh, mini marvels. Um, always loved them. Um, they're, they're, uh, they're just yeah, so much fun. And then of course Tiny Titans has has been great as well for for Joe. He absolutely loves the Tiny Titans. The Marvel Adventures line is, is indispensable, I would say, for um, just getting kids into comics. Even though my boy. He's quite sharp and knows. He's a uh, he's a stickler for the six one six. I have to say, because we'll be reading something in uh, Marvel Adventures, and if it kind of goes against something that he's heard or something that he knows, he'll turn to me and say, "But isn't Eddie Brock really anti-venom?" Uh, that's my fault, really, for telling him these things. I haven't read him. Uh, new ways to die or character assassination because he's six but you know if he sees me flicking through a book or he sees me reading it he'll go whoa that looks really cool who's that and I'll go shouldn't really be uh, it's anti-venom it was Eddie Brock and he had cancer and now he's you know the cure for everything and he's inquisitive kids are going to be but um, yeah Chris thanks G-Man I'm picking that up uh, today um, so thanks for the recommendation and uh, keep up the good work guys Bye-bye. So, I mean, do we have any more questions? Because it's it's getting near the we end. we have time for, for one more real quick? Just one, sure. more, just one more question. We have a lot we never got to, so I just thought if we could maybe do. Um, and also, uh, Tempar had some very nice words to say about us, uh, but I, we, won't, we won't embarrass I'm him by reading I'm them. stunned. I'm stunned. Yeah. Uh, He's a good boy. Uh, next one um, is by Tim B. Uh, first question, I think, I don't know if it, it certainly... If if you were uh, able to draw or write one comic or comic character, what would it be? And then he says, <laughs> this assumes that you have the chops to do so, of course. So 
Um, I guess we'll we'll start with our resident, the only guy among us that actually has some artistic. Uh, 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 don't step on Chris's toes. Oh, Chris! Oh, uh, I'm, I'm I'm a designer, not an artist. And and David I was too. Say he's <laughs> da- David David has ability. <laughs> so you're the odd man out there, Mister David, David David's got chops. All right, hey, I'll, hey. let's just let's just speed it up. I'll go first, Commandy. That's what I want to do. <laughs> if, if, if if anyone from DC is the way, if anyone from DC is listening, I will draw Commandy for free. Okay. Okay. Get get somebody to write it. I'll do the first maybe two issues for free. We, did, we, did, we just need like a little like soundboard button of Vince going, Commandy. I'm we can like, drop, like half of him out of the show, Commandy. And and you know what? I'll I'll do a tag team with Steve Bryant. Steve Bryant and I will draw Commandy because I know he'd be hey. he'd be up for it. Yeah. Okay. David. David. Uh, a uh, impossible I, man I, special. Uh, Fight man. <laughs> I uh, I would do like Claremont's doing with X Men Forever, and I would do a a tangent offshoot of Green Lantern where Hal didn't go fucking nuts. <laughs> ah, very good. Right. Let me just ask you one question before we move on. What's the deal with X Men Forever? Grummet's off the book already. Wait, what? Acor- I, didn't, according- I didn't read the solicit yet, so I don't know. Grummet's name wasn't on it. Well, Sox. they have two issues. Yeah, that's a, he's, he's better than that. He can he can be. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry maybe, for being maybe, the... maybe it's an error. We'll say that. Maybe, maybe. I hope so. Moving on. Go, Chris. Chris. Oh, no. And go. Um, Fear agent. No. Uh, uh, yeah. I. I don't know. I would. I would love to. I would love to have the ability to capture atmosphere like Mignola does in mm-hmm. Hellboy. So yeah, like Hellboy. I would just that wild imagination and being able to to tie different folklore together. So yeah, yeah, Hellboy. If I could. how about work to your strengths and do uh, nightly news? Hey, um, yeah, you know, and you understand this. Whenever you do, um, whenever you do design work all day, and that's what you do. That's what you you know kind of make your money doing i would like to go in a completely different direction and do something just you know crazy off the wall i would go much more in a sinkevich direction oh, cool. than than a than a jonathan hickman direction i'd want something um a little bit more you know jackson pollock than uh mm-hmm. than you know uh mondrian i guess all that pent-up graphic energy. Just like I yep. would never dr- yep. do a comic book on cat vaginas and, you know, yeah. that stuff that I draw every day. You don't want to draw any more dick. No, I don't. I'm tired of dick. I get enough yeah. dick. <laughs> I'll leave it alone because it's right. late. <laughs> yes. Which, um, this is my summer of dick. What yes, is indeed. No, I'll explain that. I'll explain that. Every summer, I don't know if you guys do this. Every summer, I single out one author that I feel deficient in his uh, ooh, so-called. Ooh, you reading some Philip K. Dick? Yes, I am. I have a nice. ton of his books, but I've only read the the classic, well-known ones. Um, so this is my summer of Dick. Nothing but Philip K. Dick all summer. Very cool. I will, I will uh, gorge myself on Dick. And and I believe the. Uh, there was a recent in the uh, eleven o'clock comics book club was a uh, was a Philip K. K. Dick story, and uh, which of course was the basis of of the Blade Runner. Right now, it's the Count of Monte Cristo, but uh, 
I believe Do Androids Dream of yeah. Electric Sheep was a uh, was a recent book club right. selection. La- last week I read Vallis. This week I read Divine Invasion. And next week I will read the third book in the trilogy. So, yeah. And it's also his last book. Yeah. Speaking of, um, did you Jokers ever finish American Gods? <laughs> no, I didn't yet, no. <laughs> I'm Wood, no. what 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 comic would you uh, write or draw? Wood, uh, I oh, would. Oh uh, God! I would. I would kick. Punks. I would kick Bendis uh, off of uh, the control of the Avengers. I would uh, make all the Avengers titles become just one unified Avengers team again, and I would write and draw it Burn style. Nice. What? So no no backgrounds and just a lot of oh no. I would write and draw that shit. Champ. I got to give Burn props. He he he's Burn. he's a very canny businessman. Going on to Star Trek and doing Angel, and the Angel, books that yeah. that seem to be selling, that's that's just smart well, money work and, and and the pencil work he's doing because I believe they're coloring it from his pencils. The, the pencils I've seen are just stunning for Angel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. One more. Part part two. Yeah, part two, and this is a short one. It's the kind that Chris hates, but he might actually like this one because it's it doesn't involve sexual uh, choices. The Beatles or the Rolling Stones? And uh, let me just—I'll go first on this one and say uh, the Rolling Stones don't deserve to even be mentioned in the Oof. same sentence as the Beatles. Oh, where's Tom? Yeah, mm. go ahead, uh, David. I I say Beatles just based on what I was brought up on. Chris, I've real real problem with this because I grew up as a Beatles kid and I uh-huh. love the Beatles, love the Beatles but in probably the last five years I've grown to have an incredible appreciation for the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. But that said, the it's this is the Morrison-Moore debate the Beatles are Alan Moore and the Rolling Stones are Grant Morrison. The highs on both are at the same high level, but the woes, the the Beatles never tripped as much as the Rolling Stones have. Vince. So, Beatles. Well, you know, I think you're working with both opposing sides of the consciousness when you talk Beatles and Stones. The Beatles are cerebral, the Stones are below the belt. So, uh, I'd have to say Zappa. Because he's better than both of them. Of course you do. Of yeah. course you do. No, but out of those right. two, I would I would go with the Beatles. No question. I love the Stones. The the Beatles are they will ne- that kind of talent and foresight and vision and just creativity. You'll never never see that again. The, 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 in the, pop the, music, the, the symbiotic relationship between culture and a band and how they both affected each other equally. The the Beatles would not have been the Beatles if not for the culture that they were surrounded by, but they influenced culture so much that it it became the cycle and it was amazing. There was a point in time where they had like the top five songs in the country were Beatles songs. Simultaneously, right. Simultaneously. And yeah, yeah from, from the bubblegum pop of their early years to just the socially conscious work in in the late 60s. Amazing band. There will never, ever, ever be anything else like it ever again. Right. And yeah, yeah. But the Stones you, are awesome. I love the They Stones. are. They are. You're right. But again, let's not get into it because we're nearing the end. And we can talk about this for another two hours. 
a, a, a part of the success of the Beatles was a right place at the right time type deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, n- not to say, yeah, same with Elvis, too. Not to say that they weren't supremely talented, but th- kids were ready for that. They wanted it. It was, they, the, the the population was primed for that. So, perfect storm. Yeah, perfect yeah, storm. Perfect, perfect storm. band, perfect time. Yeah, perfect storm. Yeah, without George Clooney. So, cool. Uh, so, are we done, Mr. Wood? Uh, yes, we are done. All right. Once again, this episode has been brought to you by DCBS, DiscountComicBookService.com. Check them out. Inexpensive books delivered right to your door at the frequency you determine by a uniform gentleman or gentle lady. So, And uh, they're good people. And they have monthly specials where you can get books up to 50, sometimes 75% off. Ah, Check them out, DCBService.com. Oh, um... If you're in the the Midwest, they're uh, the Discount Comic Book Service 10th Anniversary Sale. It's going to be at uh, in their home store in Fort Wayne on July 11th. 90% off scratch and dent trades and 10 cent back issues. Nice. And what is the name of that store? Do you know, Chris? Discount Comic Book Service. That's the name of their <laughs> LCS. Yes. I believe yeah, the book, book, yeah. Really? Order an online store to same you. Yeah. When I heard that the the sale was going to be a nick and scratch and dent uh sale i told zach i said do me a favor get volumes two and three of the creepy archives and just drop them drop them on the floor and then ah, I'll buy kick those bitches around zach <laughs> he's like yeah i'll uh see what i can do <laughs> dumbass i'm a dumbass i'm sorry okay so yeah say bye-bye thank you all for being with us and we will be here again next week what about Reed? you want us to say all oh that? Yeah, read. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. What? Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. If you get a chance, check out the cover to Cable 15. Oh, it's a kick ass apocalypse drawn by Ariel Olivetti. It is unbelievably well done. But while you're, while you're in the comic shop, pick up Project Superpowers, Chapter 2, Number 0. Read that because it's worth it. Um, read Better Ray Bill, God Hunter. Ooh. And if you like, it, then go and read his other work, Karen Gillan, uh, Phonogram, and go, huh? He wrote this too? This guy's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> David. Uh, read Exiles. Read Exiles. Oh, boy. Mr. Wood. Read Lockjaw and the Pet Avengers. Nice. Great all ages fun. I, I looked through that at the shop. I agree with you. Really nice book. Really, yeah. your boy Devil Dinosaur too. So I, I'm buying it in trade. As soon as yeah, I saw the Devil Dinosaur, it's like my yeah. pants are tight. I'm buying this. Zebu joins uh, issue two, and they they battle Devil Dinosaurs. Nice. All right. So thank you for being here. Next week, same time, same podcasting channel. That's stupid. Uh, bye bye. Yeah. Bye. bye.